Hi guys, welcome to See What the Party Rigged I'm Aaron Frescas, and with me as always is uh, Joseph Beck Castro. Hello. Hey, uh, so uh, this week we're going to be watching and discussing discussing Arnold's 1996 uh, hit. I don't know if you want to call it a hit. The Eraser, which can you classify it that as, as that or not? Uh, Yeah, I think it was pretty big at the time. I don't know. I haven't so really looked into it's it definitely yet. a hit. Okay, anyway, so you picked this one, which is, was totally fine by me because I am indecisive as fuck when it comes to picking stuff. And this also never would have popped into my head because it's like right up there with End of Days as far as like 90s movies that I forgot he made. Hmm. So is there any particular reason you want to do this one next? Interesting, because I feel like it's... I feel like after this one, like In the Days is kind of the start of... Like the you know, the movie. down the downfall? Yeah, this was like... Uh, this was yeah. actually right in the middle of it, which I, because I looked up where uh, I was looking up what year it was, and I was like, oh shit, it was like before, it was in between, uh, I think it was True Lies and uh, Jingle All the Way or something like that. So yeah. it was like right in the middle of, which it just wasn't as big as either those ones. I don't, again, I'm not really sure how big. Um, movie. But yeah, I feel it's kind of like, uh, it's the. Um, 90s version of running man where it's just kind of one of those movies where you're like yeah it's pretty good but it's not a classic but it's not a a weird one you know like raw deal or yeah you know hercules in new york yeah um do you think that this is anyone's i'm assuming this isn't like on your favorites list do you no think, do you think I, that this is anyone's like favorite arnold movie where they're like oh my god they're like, no, you, I'm... You're, you're like, what's your favorite movie, T2? No, no, Eraser. Yeah. What? The Tom <laughs> York album? Um, <laughs> no, I, I think there's probably some, well, you'd be an adult now, but some kid out there who had like the VHS, you know, and just watched a shitload of it when he was, you know, eight. And it's like, oh, man, I, I love that yeah, movie. That makes sense. I'm sure that person exists somewhere, but, yeah. uh, you know, um, just abstractly i don't know what word i would use but just looking at it overall like i don't think it's you know anybody's favorite or even in the top five yeah. for any movies but uh oh do you, you remember know, the last time you watched bad. it uh i think we watched it maybe like two or three years ago so it was recently and the thing is i don't really remember much about mm -hmm. it yeah me neither so you know goes uh, to show you about that movie I actually don't remember anything about the movie. I remember an alligator and yeah. that he fights one, which I remember I, I, I'm pretty sure there's a behind the scenes thing for that, which I'm looking forward to finding because I think it was CG when it was like bad CG. Yeah. And then so are you saying this movie's been erased from <laughs> yeah. memory? Exactly. He got, yeah. he, he did his job. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, do you remember the line he says after he shoots the yes. alligator? He said, your okay. luggage, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if he has another line in that. But yeah, I also remember Vanessa Williams. Yep. Um, but not much about her. Like, I don't even know who's the... Was That's... it like Ed Harris or someone that was the villain? Uh, I think Ed Harris is the bad guy. You know, oh, no, no, no. Like, is uh... it James Caan? Yeah, <laughs> they're the same person, aren't they? I don't know. I'm really, I'm like. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's either one of those guys, because you know they play the. I, you're right. I think it might be James Con. Yeah, because I'm like trying to think, like who the hell is in that movie? 
Um, yeah, you know, Ernie works for the government, but the government is bad, and he's got to, you know, get out of Dodge for some something, some reason. Did you watch it in theaters? Uh, I don't think so. Um, this is just kind of a movie that's always been just like I've known it existed and I've known I've seen it. Yeah. But I don't remember when or where. Yeah. Or anything. I don't think I watched this for a few years after it came out. Yeah. Like it didn't have like the I think at the time it didn't have the the, like thing that grabs you about his movies, you know? Yeah. Like an interesting story. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's always something that grabs you. He's Mr. Freeze. Uh, he's a robot. He, uh, he has a kid. He's a kindergarten cop. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's a cop, you idiot. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, this one's just like, uh, yeah, he's going to kick some ass. And that's about it. But not like, you know, there's no interesting sci-fi story or anything like that. Yeah. Or like comedy but yeah, this is just a movie. It's um, a, it sounds it's, like you're looking forward to watching it. Well, I, I was until, you know, you started bringing this up. Now you're bringing me down. Oh, sorry. Um, it's all right. Well, I that's think... why we, we want to get these, uh, you know, we're we're, uh, we're building it up for our audience. You know, we start getting into better movies. Yeah, exactly. More excited. Exactly. Once little, we get a little, uh, little pre-game. better at this, yeah, it's a pregame. This is the anyway. Um, a bit off topic, you yes. know. Up here in the Pacific Northwest, they call pregaming pre-funking. I don't know why. What? It makes no sense. Like when you're drinking. Yeah, like like you want to pre-funk before the game. Like did, what? Did you look at him like they're stupid the first time I mentioned that? I said it like that. Yes. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? And I can't think of a place that's less funky than Seattle. <laughs> really? It's like, yeah. Unless you're thinking of like, you know, white, dreaded white guys, you know, in a funk band. Oh, no. So it's it like, yeah. it's lost all its its Nirvana luster or whatever? Well, I wouldn't say Nirvana's funky. I'm thinking like funk music or... Oh, you know, yeah. Like okay. Black exploitation films and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, it seems this... a little too white up there for that. Yeah. Well, I'm not really. I've ne- I've only been out there once, and yeah, it was it was pretty white. They did have the the it's very white the marijuana shops open though before it, they had them in California. Yeah, but the thing is, like in California, you know, I worked at um the Fillmore in San Francisco, and you know, you were able to smoke inside. You can smoke inside, like smoke weed inside, like any music venue there. And I remember I was working, and then some guy like randomly in the middle of the floor like lit a cigarette yeah and then like three security guards out. came and tackled him <laughs> yeah and then one guy was just like hitting a pipe like oh shit that's for that guy right, right next to the um, wizard as they're cuffing him yeah uh Dude, but you gotta, in seattle you follow you know, the rules man yeah no smoking bro <laughs> uh but in seattle there's no you know smoking weed inside like music venues or anything so it's just drinking it's just drinking, yeah. What a bunch of squares. Yeah, even though it's been legal up here a lot longer. That's that's weird that they do that in San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's the weird part to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely. I think weird. it's just the whole bay, because you know, like they have like their Oakland own set of rules. Everything. Yeah, they're just like fuck it. Um, okay. I mean, I don't smoke weed because it does not sit well with me, 
but my friend and I went to a Wu-Tang concert and I got hot boxed in there and I got out <laughs> and I was just like, holy shit, I'm high. <laughs> I got hot boxed at a Wu-Tang concert. You should try to watch one of the movies while high. Yeah. You said you should or you shouldn't? Should should watch one of the movies high. I don't know. Hey, mate, you're so down on this one. Maybe it's this one you should watch while you're high. An eraser? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I usually freak out when I'm high, so... It, yeah, me too. It would... It, I don't know what would be good to watch, but that... Not this movie, because I wouldn't be able to follow it. <laughs> like, I, I, anytime I get high, Erica's like, can you please... Just don't do that again, please. It, it's, like, annoying to her, so... Ugh. Like the last time I got high, I didn't know where I was, even though I was at home. <laughs> like I tried to get rid of allergies by by uh, I was eating edibles though. I don't know if that makes it oh, yeah. a huge difference, but um, I ate an edible and she was she was watching di- washing dishes and I was trying to get rid of my allergies and I ate it and then I started playing video games and I was playing with baseball and I got to like, I ended up getting too high to play that. And I kept eating more because it wasn't working fast enough, even though I know it's going to oh, take yeah. a while. And then yep. she was washing dishes, uh, listening to music. I ended up slamming the door. She came in there. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, your, your music's just too harsh for me. And she was, oh, listen- she listened, she was to listening to like Blink-182 like Blink or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, she- She's like, uh, okay. And I was like, I think it might've been lit actually, but it was still mm-hmm. like a pop punk sort of thing to where I was like, geez. And then I was like laying there and I was spent like 10 minutes looking. I, it didn't plateau, you know, cause I ate too much of it. So it just kept getting higher and higher. Yeah. And I like spent like five, 10 minutes just looking at myself in the mirror. Like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're going to die. But oh, she, yeah. she came in and then I was, she's, I don't know. It was basically like you want to watch something sure so she put on like i put on 30 rock but i accidentally put on an episode that someone dies in and they have a funeral for and i started freaking out because of that and then we watched futurama and i was like it took i remember it taking like a second like i, I wasn't watching it at all but i remember it taking a second like the, the joke would they tell the joke and then like a second later i'd be like <laughs> <laughs> weed's bad Sounded super bad. yeah well it, you you made two fatal mistakes one is eating an edible and thinking it's not hitting you and eating more yeah that destroys everybody yeah. and two uh watching something like not planning on what you're gonna watch you know like watching someone with a funeral oh and three you looked in a mirror which is always bad. that's see i thought that was only for like mushrooms or something like that yeah i mean it's which, the same sort of hallucinogenic thing i did that too with mushrooms and i was like holy shit and scared myself like, yeah like anytime with mushrooms, I think the only time I ever did, like was okay with mushrooms was when I did them with you, and that was a tiny bit. And then it was just like, "Ooh, this is nice." Yeah, microdosing is where it's at, man. Yeah, because otherwise I took I ate like the whole bag of what I had, and then it was like, "Why is my bedroom door breathing? What's in there?" <laughs> and then like I, there was one time when I was with Ben, and we left the apartment to go somewhere, and we left the beer inside. He's like, "Hey, go get the beer," and it was my apartment, and I look back at the like the apartment building and it was like i was like i'm not going back in there man <laughs> i don't it wasn't i think it might have been breathing or something i was like that place is evil there's no f-. he's like just go get the because f-, he was sober he's like just go get the fucking beer he's like <laughs> running running in there and then running out like holy shit and then like a half hour later when we got to where we were he's i just like 
right before I started sobering up a little bit, I remember him telling a joke and then him like laughing at it being like, kind of like, huh? 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 And then me just being like, I don't know what you just said. I'm really, really sorry. (laughs) I honestly don't know what you said, but yeah, I'm sorry. Right then I could tell him like, okay, he's kind of annoyed because yeah, drugs drugs are bad. Well, drugs are good, but it sounds like you're just taking too much. Yeah, I can't do any sort of stuff like that. My only drug is watching Arnold movies, apparently. <laughs> anyway, uh, any other thoughts for this movie before we uh, watch it? Uh, no, I'm interested to see... I, I don't know why I said no and then continued. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm interested to see, like, this is something else, you know, Cracked brought up in one of their videos forever ago. Uh, I'm interested to see the like racial dynamic, you know, because like there's this whole thing where a black guy can never kiss a white girl like on screen yeah, for like ever, but you can go the other um, way. Yeah. So I don't remember if the, if it's like a, you would just assume there's cause every fucking Hollywood movie has got to have romance in it. You just assume that they would like get together at the end. So I, I'm wondering if I don't think you know, they, they actually, I don't think they do, but I don't remember. And I'm wondering if they, once they, if that was how it was originally written, or you know, once they hired her, they changed it. I just, I, I it boggles me that she was popular enough. I, mean, I don't mean to shit on Vanessa Williams, but like that she was popular enough to be in like a blockbuster movie, or what was supposed. To, I, I honestly don't know how well the movie did, but what was supposed to be a blockbuster movie? Well, I think she was like, you know, she won Miss America or Miss Universe, and she was she's married to. Rick Fox, maybe? Oh, um, really? And then, I think so, but uh, I think she was, like, you know, coming up, and it was just, like, you know, like, one of the first big things she was going to be in. Yeah, well, and then it just happened kind of out from there. And I'm really yeah, curious yeah. who else tried out for that, or auditioned for that role. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's more interviews because it's way more in the prime and it's way more like um, just when they start like like the movies when they promoted them they like blew them up. Like he he was from from his book he was very very into promoting his movies and stuff like that. Uh, and the more control he got over them, the more like publicity or whatever he did for him. So I'm assuming this movie has a bunch. I don't know. Anyway, uh, any other thoughts before we? Uh watch it i think that's pretty much yeah that's pretty, pretty much, much it. it hi guys so we're back after watching the movie uh before we get into going through the movie i found a couple of like interesting like pre-production stuff that i wanted to share as well as like a quick clip of arnold that's telling a funny story Sounds so good. first off let's get the credit stuff out of the way the movie was directed by chuck russell who previously directed the mask and nightmare on a nightmare on elm street um, but it was written by Tony Puryear and Waylon Green with a story credit by Michael Chernuchin. But uh, apparently William Wisher and Frank Darabont were brought in while the movie was in production to do some revisions on the script. Hmm. Frank Darabont, yeah. He's, yeah, uh, So, which I guess he does a lot of writing. Yeah, and for those that don't know him um, off the top of my head, I know he did Shawshank Redemption. Uh, he was the director of that, which is one of the rare... Uh, movies that's actually better than the book, and I'm saying that as a big Stephen King fan. Those movies are good. 
But uh, anyhow, so the movie was written specifically for Arnold, who was just huge at that time. Was actually ranked the ninth most powerful actor in Hollywood in 1996. When is he not huge, though? Like, he's always been Jack. (laughs) Exactly. Well, do you remember how big, like, a big of a deal he was at the time? Because I remember his movies were always, like, huge events that pretty much everyone looked forward to seeing. Oh, yeah. No, he was, like, A number one, A list star, you know. Yeah. Like, whenever it was, like, a new movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was, like, the big thing. Um, Exactly. Like, I think this was might have been the last one. Yeah, because that was kind of like that. Yeah, because Batman and Robin is not like an Arnold oh, that, film. That He's just yeah. in that one, and yeah. then after that, it's like six it's day in days and in, in, or in a days and then six day. But yeah, he was you know like that's like kind of what uh like Marvel movies are now. That's what like, yeah. Arnold movies were yeah, back that's then. True. Yeah, like in the nineties. Yeah, but uh, the movie was supposed to be a throwback to his films from the eighties. And if you think about it, it kind of has like that kind of feel to it. And, Especially yeah. that sweet like guitar riffs that are in there. Like, <laughs> okay, so the movie opened on June 21st, 1996, with its premiere about a week earlier at the Olympic uh, Village in Atlanta. And they screened it for the athletes competing in the Summer Games. Hmm. Yeah, and if that's not cool enough, they also got the Goo Goo Dolls to perform before the movie. <laughs> Which yeah, every... man, that's peak '96. <laughs> every time I hear that Ira song, the the I always like it's I never get, the lyrics are always like when everything's made to be broken, I just want you to jizz on my hand. I just want you to jizz on my hand. <laughs> Why? <What? laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the movie made 242 million worldwide and was number one at the box office. Uh, it's opening weekend, but then was bumped to number two the following week by the Eddie Murphy movie Nutty Professor. This was actually Arnold's last movie to make over 100 million until Terminator 3 was released. So surprisingly, I couldn't find uh, much as far as behind the scenes videos or interviews, which kind of surprised me. But which which is weird because as I already mentioned, this was still when he was basically at the top of his game. Um, or would you call like? Would you call this top of his game or like a few years before, like around like at last action hero? Uh, yeah, I'd say basically anything before this, like he, he was still just as famous, but yeah, and I don't really think it's anything to do with him. I just think this movie's not very good. <laughs> um, it just kind of, it's fine. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, the promotion, the promotional stuff I found was an Entertainment Tonight exclusive look thing that's about 45 seconds long but really isn't worth going into because it's basically just John Tesh giving a quick summary of the movie. I also found a clip from Blockbuster, like a Blockbuster video commercial advertising its video release. Then a clip uh, from At The Movies with Siskel and Eber. Do you remember that? Did you ever watch that? Okay, it was... Uh, No. No? Their movie review show? No, we didn't get much TV back in the day. Okay. We had... uh... Basically, until we moved to San Marcos, we had um, one and a half channels. So, like, one channel nice. came in good, and then the other channel came in sometime. Damn. So, watched watch? a lot of uh, a lot of Murphy Brown, really. <laughs> you know, got into that show okay. a lot. Um, okay, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that, that you know what that is, because I was, I was wondering if you actually knew what that was. Murphy Brown? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or had seen it, not just know what it is. Oh, yeah, no. Watched that a lot. So uh, Siskel and Eber basically said the movie's stupid, but they loved it anyway, and they gave it two thumbs up. Um, I did actually manage to find a few clips from talk shows featuring the actors. 
One was uh, an interview with James Caan on the Rosie O'Donnell show, which was just super awkward. <laughs> I guess Rosie O'Donnell's favorite movie is Funny Girl, which I've never seen, but he's in it. Oh, yeah. That's uh, with, uh, Barbara Streisand. Yeah, it's a whole big musical, like, show tunes thing. Yeah, so they Laura's talk... t- told me a lot about it. Okay, so uh, they talk about that for, like, half the interview, and he just seems like he couldn't give a shit. And at one point, she actually tries to get him to sing one of the songs with her, and he straight up just, just just like, nope, sorry, no. So she asks him to tell a story about it instead, and he first he pretends that he can't remember it before finally giving in and telling it. Where it's it's just really awkward. You can definitely tell he doesn't want to be there the whole time, so he kind of comes off like a dick. And I'm not sure if like maybe that's his personality, or he just didn't want to be there. I don't know. Yeah, that seems just like how James Con is. But uh, so I was able to find a couple of interviews with Arnold Schwarzenegger. One was Japanese press conference with him and the director and the producer. And he mentions in that that the producer and director ended up hiring guys who actually the guys that actually started up the witness protection program. They hired them as consultants for the movie. Oh, that's cool. Uh, So then the second interview I found is Arnold's appearance on Tonight Show to promote uh, to promote the movie. And they don't really talk about the movie too much. It's mostly about just what's going on in his life. Like he talks about buying JFK's old, old golf clubs, which uh, he says he paid $700,000 for. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then I guess he had just gotten an honorary doctorate from somewhere. So Leno asks him about that. And he actually has a funny story to uh, about Maria Shriver that I was going to show you. It's like 45 seconds long. You're a doctor. Now what is Maria, your wife? What does she think of you being a doctor? Is she impressed by this title? Oh, she loves it. She was there at the ceremony. Gave her another reason to buy a thousand dollar dress. But I mean, uh, uh, yeah. If she buys a dress even when I get a speeding ticket, so it doesn't really? matter. <laughs> no, but she was very happy. You know, I, was, I remember that night when I got the, the degree, I flew home. I went home and I put on my pajamas. And I put on some cologne. And then I went into the bedroom and I said, Maria, the doctor is ready to see you. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor will see you now. Okay. Yeah, that, it's just that. I thought that was funny. I like just when he's like, A, the idea of Arnold in pajamas is funny. And B, when he said he... Uh, put on his pajamas, somebody in the background was like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Somebody really likes pajamas, huh? Um, but, you know, it's, I, I I could actually like see him doing that, the whole thing with him going, the doctor is here to see you now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, before we actually get to the movie, I just wanted to do two quick things. After watching the interviews that I, I wanted to point, or that I noticed after watching the interviews. Uh, first, it seemed like the two biggest selling points for the movie were the railgun and then the air and the airplane scene, because mm-hmm. both are pretty much brought up in every interview that I found. And yeah. then secondly, pretty much all the advertising for this movie ruined the plot twist with that James Conn's a bad guy. Oh, really? But I mean, it's kind of obvious, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they did the same thing with Terminator 2 also. Yeah, exactly. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> that, uh, well, okay, so we got this with James Conn, which is the midway plot twist, you know, Terminator 2, which... Arnie's a good guy. And then also Predator. Like if you watch Predator and have no idea what it's about, you get through like the first half of the movie. You're like, this is just some war movie, yeah. you know, uh, Dylan's a son of a bitch. See, he's got <laughs> pushing too many pencils. And then all of a sudden there's just like an alien, you know, uh, that's gotta be a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Oh yeah. Do you remember how we were joking that there's no way this could be anyone's favorite movie? Arnold movie. 
Yeah. I actually did find an article. I'm not going to show it. Like, I don't, we don't need to see it, but I found an article written by a guy who claims it's his favorite movie because it's the most Schwarzenegger movie he's ever made. What? Yeah. Like, the most Schwarzenegger That's... type of movie he's ever made. So the whole article is basically about how awesome the movie is. No. The answer to that question is Commando, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, how's that not the most Arnold movie? You got me. I, I, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, too, so. Yeah, it's amazing okay so are ready to go through the movie now yeah let's do it okay so we start off with the opening credit sequence of someone preparing to kill a bunch of people the first thing i noticed was that this movie has an awesome cast including a fellow named michael papa john which is <laughs> like awesome also oh, yeah by the way um i do i do have a list uh of i like go through movies at the end and look at all the names yeah and find funny ones yeah, so we... i have a great list of names at the end sweet we can go through. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so he burns Vanessa Williams' picture as part of his preparation, but she hasn't been introduced yet and isn't in trouble yet. So I don't know no. if that was just like a weird continu- continuity error that seems like it would have been an obvious fix, but I-, I don't know. Anyway, so the movie opens at a house where two guys, who I'm assuming were in the mafia, are just like beating the shit out of this guy and his girlfriend and pouring gasoline on- gasoline all over the house. And I like how they have That's Amore by Dean Martin playing in the background, just in case you're not sure whether they're Italian or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought that guy was like Latino or something to begin with. Uh, Elden? And then I was like, yeah. And then, then I was like, wait, is that guy even Italian? So I had to wait for the credits. And then his name was. That's true. You know, yeah, it's definitely Italian. Something very Italian. I'm like, all right, well, there you go. I wonder if Italians could possibly be a, like find that offensive. Like if. Like, if I was Italian, I'd be like, Mamma mia, I can't believe my ears. This is so offensive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Marron. <laughs> Arnold comes in, just murders the shit out of the mafia guys, and basically stages a fake crime scene for the dude and his girlfriend, who I think... Yeah. Uh, um, he, like, his plan, you know, he kills the first guy with the freezer door, and then... The other two guys that are there, he's just like, eh, fuck it, and just jumps out and just like shooting them and does like a barrel roll. I'm like, <laughs> there goes you the... stuck your way in there. He's yeah, like, you're exactly. pretty good at this shit. Like, you gotta have a better plan than just Got running in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think he's in the witness protection program because he was going to testify against the mob. But uh, Arnold sets up fake crimes, seeming to make them look dead, and then blows up the house for good measure, which uh, you obviously recognize the mob informant because... When I saw him, I was like, holy shit, it's Elden from Murphy Brown. Is it? I <laughs> Shit, I didn't even... I the, no, well, he's, Yeah, he's, uh, he's Elden. Nice callback to earlier in the episode. Uh, I have not seen that show since the 90s, so... Um, so, yeah, Elden from Murphy Brown. Uh, his real name is Robert Pastorelli, and he's the one that I mentioned to you in the text that, like, Eric and I kind of found some fucked up shit about. Just oh. weird stuff. Um Oh, I forgot to mention to whoever's listening that we're going to try out something where we thought it might be fun to talk to someone that didn't grow up watching Arnold's movies. So she's actually, she's actually seen him for the first time. Not sure if it's going to be a recurring thing, but for now it should be interesting just to get a perspective on the movies from someone that doesn't have any like nostalgic attachments to them. So for this first for this movie, I was able to get uh, my girlfriend Erica to talk with us, and she'll be joining us later. But yeah, she found out some like did some digging found some just weird stuff about this dude anyway back to the movie so uh eldon from murphy brown whose name in the movie is johnny but we're just gonna call him eldon uh him and his girlfriend are rescued by arnold whose name is john Kruger, but you know it's arnold so he blows up their house which i guess wasn't in effect they actually blew up a real house oh 
But uh, so anyway, he blows that bitch up and then basically puts them back into witness protection and tells them he'll be watching them. Yeah. Uh, my question on this was like, um, if he's in witness protection and he just like without his girlfriend knowing goes back and gets the Osobuco, like they didn't take him very far, you know, he's like two towns over. That's not good <laughs> witness protection stuff, you know, like take That's him probably to why Phoenix he keeps getting or something. Found. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure where that takes place, but it doesn't seem very far. So I don't know. Seems like the witness protection program is like um, not a lot of forethought. Just like, yeah, I don't know. Send him, you know, two towns over and nobody will ever find exactly. him there. So the next day we see Arnold going into the U.S. Marshal witness protection offices. And I like how there's that like quick scene of his coworker with the fake IDs and how it, like, yeah. he quickly points out just to show like a late like it's basically like a lazy way for the writer to show that Arnold knows his shit. Yeah, that's the exact note that I have. Like, oh shit, he's good. Could tell a fake ID immediately. <laughs> and was like, he's the best. <laughs> um, and then we're introduced to Robert DeGarren, who is Arnold's mentor and is played by James Caan, who apparently just plays Sonny Corleone and everything he's in. Uh, so they talk about the mission he just completed and Arnold tells him that he had to do a little bit of improvisation or as he calls it improvisation and then James Kahn tells him that their boss wants to speak to him so then Arnold heads up to the office where his boss played by James Coburn briefs him on his next assignment which involves the senior executive of the Cyrez Corporation uh, who are major defense contractors that do top secret weapons research apparently uh, the Cyrez Corporation was originally named Cyrex Corporation but I guess there's actually a real company called Cyrix, which is a tech company. And so they made mm. them change the name by threatening legal action. So they had to dub over every mention of the name with the new name and then digitally change all the logos in post-production. Hmm. I didn't know that. But uh, that sucks. anywho, this was when we were introduced to Lee, Cal- Lee Colin, who's played by Vanessa Williams, who, according to IMDb, was originally suggested for the role by Maria Shriver. Oh. And oh, I was yeah. actually curious what happened to vanessa williams like why she stopped acting because i was like i watched something damn i haven't seen her in anything but then erica looked it up and apparently she's been in a ton of shit after this it's just mostly like tv stuff like ugly betty and desperate housewives and stuff like that um yeah uh even when you google vanessa williams uh you know it auto fills and it it fills in with american singer not actor um yeah, she does sing a song that happens in the end credits. Yeah. Uh, but she was um, the first woman to win, uh, first black woman to win Miss America. But uh, so, yeah, this whole thing is pretty fucked up. So she won um, Miss America. And then I guess uh, some pictures that were uh, some private photographs uh, oh, that she had nothing private? to do with. Yeah, this was 1982. Um that I guess the black and white photos dated back to the summer of 1982. When did she get? Year. Did it say when she got the Miss America? 83. Oh, okay. So yeah. So the black and white photos dated back to the summer of 1982 after a freshman year at Syracuse University, where she worked as an assistant and makeup artist for Mount Kisco, New York photographer Tom Chappelle. At the time, Williams stated that Chappelle said that. Quote, he had a concept of having two models pose nude for silhouettes, basically to make different shapes and forms. The light would be behind the models. I was reluctant, but since he assured me that I would be the only one to see them and I would not Damn. be identifiable in the photographs, I agreed. Because he has also he had also gotten another model to agree with this in a um Yeah. 
So basically, she did that, and then some asshole had the pictures and sold them to Penthouse, and then oh, so it wasn't him. He's, the uh, it doesn't say exactly, but it's pretty f- fucked up that yeah, these private pictures that got sucks. sold, uh, and they made her resign did from she, being Miss yeah, America. Yeah, I remember that. Did she? Did was she able to sue them? Because that, I guess, if you don't know who did it, uh, wow. Miss America organization responded by giving Williams 72 hours to resign. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's um, I don't know. But also, uh, this happened. In contrast, Hugh Hefner, the publisher of Playboy, was also given the opportunity to publish these photos, but turned it down, stating, well, the single victim in all this was a young woman herself whose right to make this decision was taken away from her. She wanted to make this kind of statement. That would be her business, but the statement wasn't made by, wasn't made by her. Which like, I, I like mean, how he duh. comes out the good like, guy in that Hefner. Yeah, but I mean that's considering it's 1982 or 83 or I guess 84 when this happens. That's like you didn't hear a lot of shit from dudes. Yeah, in his position back then. So yeah, that whole situation's pretty yeah fucked up. That sucks. Uh, it, it, yeah. Uh, not sidetracked it uh fucked up her career derailed. for a little bit yeah derailed derailed that's what i meant yeah. yeah um so uh and also she was married to rick fox and i think i mentioned that in the intro so for those who don't know rick fox was foreign basketball player played for the lakers uh mainly in some other teams um you know as part of those shack and kobe teams won championships hmm. nice you know so uh back to the movie yes <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Try to get back to that. Huh? So, uh, so Vanessa Williams, she goes into Cyrez, her company, to get the info they need. Uh, she's wearing a wire and is kind of being guided through the whole thing by a few FBI agents, who include John Slatery from Mad Men, which I still haven't seen, but you know, I hear good things about it. Yeah. You ever seen this? Yeah, I've seen it twice. He's amazing. Okay. Also, shout out to my friend Brian, who's the nerdy version of. Uh, Roger, Ster- Roger is that, Sterling. Is that his name in the show? Roger Sterling is his name in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, he's also in, he plays what, Tony Stark's dad yeah. in Marvel movies. But yeah. So, so there's uh, two other FBI guys in there, including a dude that I th- probably would have been played by Don Cheadle if the movie came out 10 years earlier. Just kind of <laughs> looks like his older brother, Ron Cheadle. <laughs> it does. I was like, oh, that guy totally would have been Don Cheadle. But, uh, Anyway, she gets an info cop. She needs copy to a disc and then makes a second copy, which had to be done by a giant robot arm. But uh, anyway, she gets she ends up getting stopped by security and is told she has to go up and speak to the head of the corporation, played by Farmer Hoggett himself, James Cromwell. Um, so he shows her security footage of her copying the disc and then basically tells her that he's selling weapons to people that he shouldn't be. And then he kind of happens to notice that she's wearing a wire. She tells him she's working for the FBI he responds, you know, fairly reasonably. First, pointing a gun at her, then shooting himself, which I love how, like, it had, the, like, the wind open. Like, when he blew the window open behind him, the papers all went crazy and it made it just way dramatic. Yeah, that scene's probably, like, one of the coolest scenes in the movie just because it's unexpected and it's just pure chaos <laughs> after that. So uh, she runs into the building with the guards chasing her and jumps in the FBI van, but, like, couldn't they have just stopped the van and been like, fuck you, security, we're the FBI? Yeah, probably. Which I thought but... was fun. Like, why are they running? But, uh, but like, what are they going to, I don't know. It's kind of weird that like, what are the security guards going to do? Can they that, actually that's what I'm saying. Like, grab somebody? 
Even if they do grab her, the, all the FBI's got to do is like, well, you know what? We're FBI, so let her go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, they uh, Vanessa Williams gives the FBI the CD evidence disc, which they basically tell her will prove her company is selling weapons technology and that that's high treason, tra- high treason, which is bad, I guess. But uh, so they tell her they now need to keep her safe until the trial and are putting her in the witness protection program. And then here comes Arnold. He tells her they're, they're going to change your identity and location. And she's like, what? Like, fuck that. And basically says, I'm going home and walks out. Yeah, and Arnold is just not impressed with this fucking amateur hour going Exactly. On, so know? he starts, like, like, basically scolding them. Yeah. Like, uh, he asks them how, first he asks the FBI dudes if they made it clear how dangerous everything was going to be after she helped them. And they're more they're more or less like, well, we didn't have a case without her. And so he's kind of like, well, it's a lot easier putting her ass on the line than yours, isn't it? <laughs> and then this scene, that scene right there is where I kind of wonder if maybe... They were trying to use this movie to transition him into more serious action movies because, like, up until this point, it kind of has, like, an en- enemy of the state feel to it. Yeah. But then, that's kind of what I was feeling watching this movie, but a shittier version. Yeah, exactly. But then they you hear him deliver that put your ass on the line. And I remember that he's, like, the, not the greatest actor, and it definitely works better with, like, cheesier stuff. Yeah. Which... I don't actually know if he's a bad actor. Maybe it's just, like, that English isn't his first language. Like, do you think, like, if he did, like, a serious movie, but it was in... What is he? He speaks... Ger- is it German, right? Or is it? Correct. Okay, so if it was like a, he's speaking German and maybe it would be amazing. You're like, oh my God, this is beautiful. But like the silliness of how his accent can sound is definitely more noticeable in the serious movies, whereas it might help with like a cheesier one like Running Man. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Are there any movies he actually did in German? I don't. I doubt it. Well, then I was thinking uh, like, is it actually the accent or is it that he just cheeses up everything he does? And that's kind of the way he carries himself, just kind of like a cheesy guy. Or is it at the point now where, like, that accent is associated with, you know, like, uh, muscle-bound guys, and you couldn't take somebody who's, like, talks like that serious? Yeah. You know? But, uh... It's a lot easier to put her ass in the line than it is yours. Like, it's just... (laughs) Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we go back to the FBI offices from there, and then Ron Cheadle and his partner partner are dropping off the evidence (laughs) disc... But the dude that takes it from them is dirty as fuck. So he switches out the disc, disc with a different one and then calls him up and tells him he has it. Yeah, uh, he gives that like smile to the guy like, mm, yeah, I'm not <laughs> doing anything shady over here. Yeah. Uh, so from there, we go back to Vanessa Williams, who's just getting home and notices a couple of FBI dudes in their car. So she goes inside, takes the second copy of the disc, puts it in her computer, but it says that she's unable to access anything on it. So we find out, we also find out that the bad guys are monitoring her computer and now know she has a copy of the disc. So yeah, she, and later up, uh, later on, she brings up like it's unhackable. I tried, and then all she did was just put it in there and click like run software, and it didn't work. She's like, "All right, I give up." <laughs> like, okay, I didn't know you're such a such a great hacker. So okay, Anyways. so uh, she has she calls her friend up, who I'm pretty sure works for a newspaper, and her friend tells her to hang on to the copy because as long as she's got that, they won't kill her. Meanwhile, we see the FBI dudes who've been burnt to a crisp in their car and then some other guys running towards our house, one of whom has like a burn or some shit on his face that I don't think is ever explained. He's No, he just makes him look evil. So Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we know. Back in the house, Vanessa Williams tells her friend that she has to go when she hears a door creak upstairs, but it just turns out to be her ex-boyfriend, Daryl, who let himself in because Daryl has boundary issues. So uh, Yeah, Daryl's a fucking abusive like ex-boyfriend you know yeah. just like 
She's like, I broke up with you. And he's like, yeah, I was worried about you. So I just showed up at your house and I'm apparently <laughs> taking a shower. Exactly. Like, that shit's weird. So, uh, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Burnface and his crew are still outside and about to shoot them with their high-tech gun. But before they get a chance to, a party van rolls up. A delivery guy uh, gets gets out of the van with a bunch of balloons and then head towards the heads toward the front door. By the way, when he pulls the balloons out of the van, he's just walking up to the house. Did you read the Let's Party logo in Arnold's voice? <laughs> yeah. When it says Let's, let's, party. let's party. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, Arnold has his balloons and rings a doorbell, and Daryl goes over and answers it. Bad guys just start opening fire with their fucking Duke Nukem guns and just blow Daryl away <laughs> while Arnold's like, Get down! <laughs> so Arnold uh, he grabs Vanessa they start running through the house as they're fired at which just completely destroys the house turns over a refrigerator and then they hide behind that while the guy shooting at them searches for them with a like the gun scope like an x-ray gun scope but he but like he can't see yeah, through that, the fridge for some reason I, which, it looks through walls but it doesn't look through fridges yeah. and also he doesn't notice that a fridge is sideways yeah so but I don't know how these things work apparently that gun's kind of real like it was supposedly based off a of real technology that the army was working on. It's it's a handheld electromagnetic pulse rifle, or like basically a rail gun. There's actually an an article about the gun from the movie and how it's like basically almost a reality minus the X-ray scope. And there's like a there's like a video of just the Navy just shooting through like a bunch of there's like a it's crazy gun but it, that was from like 2016 so it still like only goes on ships and then there's like another video below that one of these crazy fuckers that made their own homemade rail gun and it's basically just a bunch of white dudes which was shocking just like yes. shooting their homemade gun crazy. cars yeah but uh anyway arnold and vanessa are hiding behind hiding behind the fridge when the bad dudes launch this grenade thing in the house that falls on the ground and then pops up shoots drill bits in every direction and one of those goes like straight into the fridge like through arnold's hand which was a part of the movie that i remember watching when it came out like when it, when i was younger i remember yeah. him just like pulling his hand out from the from the drill bit so uh the bad guys sneak in the house arnold breaks the gas line sets the thermometer heater and then they both bail house blows up just as bad guys get inside meanwhile vanessa and arnold escape in his party van as they drive away she bandages up his hand while telling him about the gun that the bad guys were trying to use to kill them uh she mentions that they she didn't know her company had finished the gun yet and that the company is connected with most government agencies, including the one that Arnold works for, probably. He tells her he's going to hide her and that no one will know where she is except for him. This whole scene of them talking in the van kind of made me think of Daryl. Like, if he could have son- somehow seen how little she was bothered by the fact that he died, maybe he could have moved on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's- just too she's bad. Like, oh, Daryl. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's just like too bad okay. he got shot with a rail gun, yeah. not like a time machine gun, you know? <laughs> uh, anyway, at the, the end of the scene, Arnold uh, says he's like, trust me, which I guess was supposed to be like his big catchphrase for the movie, according to IMDb. So I guess now he shares a catchphrase with Aladdin. I don't know. <laughs> Do you trust me? <laughs> like I was talking to Eric, I can just imagine him flying around with the princess singing A Whole New World and... He's like, a whole new world. All you gotta do is jump. Thousand voices I never knew. Do you trust me? But princess. <laughs> okay, anyway. So from there we go to the shady guy from uh, shady guy from Cyrez, whose name, I don't know, so I'm just gonna call him Chuck. Um, he's talking to another shady government guy who appears to be, who appears to be like a senator or something. So Chuck tells the shady senator that Vanessa Williams has a second disc. And of course, shady senators like get it back no matter what it takes. 
So Chuck from Cyrez tells a senator that VW, which I'm just going to call her now because it's easier than Vanessa Williams. Uh, well, we could call her by her character name, which is Lee. But Okay, well, Lee, you know. No, we could not. Um, so anyway, he tells the senator that Volkswagen called her newspaper friend and the senator <laughs> basically says to kill that lady too. So we find out that the senator dude is actually the Mr. Undersecretary Harper, which is something high up. I don't know. The scene ends with the undersecretary breaking the original Cyrus disc. But he breaks it towards him. So the pieces fly into his face like an idiot. That makes sense. I didn't even know what said. He's like, ah. Yeah. So next yeah. we're at a farmhouse or something and uh vanessa williams lee williams and arnold schwarzenegger are burning all her ids and important shit she says they burned everything she has but then they then he takes and possibly burns like her saint george necklace for some reason yeah which doesn't i there's no point i can't see any reason behind doing this besides using that sweet line now i will protect you yeah i think that's the whole point is like you don't need him anymore i am your protector Ex- exactly hmm? <laughs> this sound like the sound like the scene from from captain phillips uh, oh look at me look at me i am your protector now <laughs> you don't need that sissy saint anymore to protect you <laughs> and then um i feel like this is where that's like where maybe like a love scene would have happened if they'd included one yeah but... which i think i t- touched on this in the intro um a cool that you know not every movie american movie needs like a fucking love interest but b the fact that she's black makes me curious yeah what was that the reason why they didn't introduce it well okay Um, so i there the the video of the japanese press conference that i said i found uh arnold schwarzinger says that there wasn't a love scene or relationship that was developed because it didn't fit with the movie He's basically said that the character was supposed to be protecting her as a government agent and he's supposed to be a good guy. So it wouldn't have looked good if he's rescuing people and then he takes advantage of them when they're vulnerable just so he can get his dick wet. Which mm. he, he actually said that too. You he said have, dick wet? No, he didn't say that. Oh. You, I cannot have my dick getting wet just because I... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway... The, so the problem I found with this is that I found another piece of trivia that says that they originally filmed a romantic ending, but it didn't test well with with test audiences. So they changed uh, it. Racist. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of contradictory to what Arnold said. So I'm not really sure which one's true. Like, I maybe think that, like, Arnold said, what Arnold said is actually some of the feedback that they got from the test audience. Hmm. So, yeah, like, they like, wouldn't sound as racist. Yeah yeah weird okay so uh next day we see arnold dropping her off in chinatown in new york he gives her a new set of ids with a new name a credit card and a beeper so he can reach her if she's in trouble he says if the beeper if he beeps her go to central park zoo and he gives her a gun and tells her he works alone so if anyone comes up to her and says that they're with him to fucking smoke their lying ass and yeah also uh oops sorry go ahead go no go for it oh um a little weird that uh he's like the lady he has him staying with she's like you know she was a witness against the yakuza in san francisco um but they're in like chinatown so i don't know it's kind of mixed messages there that makes sense maybe because maybe he thinks yakuza that is maybe she is japanese but then he thinks that oh they'll never search for her in chinatown oh yeah he is the best so. <laughs> exactly okay my bad Sorry. And then she's trying to like tell him otherwise, like the Chinese lady's like, no, no, you don't understand. You're Japanese. They are Chinese. They'll never look for you here. 
And she's like, but but Arnold, my last name's Thomas. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Arnold meets up with uh, Sonny Corleone in a cafe. Sonny tells him that someone has... Someone's been murdering witnesses, and then they kind of figure out that there's probably a mole inside the witness protection program. James Conn then tells him that they have to relocate three witnesses, which include one of his as well as Vanessa Williams, as well as Vanessa Williams, and then Arnold kind of reluctantly agrees but insists that they move James Conn, Conn's witness first. Yeah, and of course, Arnold, since he's so good, he immediately spots the... Uh, yeah, the two. The guys the, watching them. Yeah. So they board the plane headed for the first witness and two other FBI guys tell Arnold and uh, James Kahn that Vanessa Williams' newspaper lady friend was killed. One of the uh, FBI guys with them then asks Arnold if he's taking care of, like, are you tired of taking care of scumbags? And then for some reason, Arnold's like, yeah, but in your case, I'll make an exception. Which <laughs> is just kind of rude. Like, you just met the guy and he works for the FBI. Why are you being a dick? Yeah, well, the guy was being a dick, too. So. Yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. It was a bad first impression. But, uh. Yeah. Immediately after that, that guy's like, who's this guy I think he is? And, and James Conn's like, uh, he thinks he's the best in the game. And I got to say, I agree with him. So, yeah. you know, I it's, guess if you're the best in the game, you can make fun that, of people. That's got to be at least like the second time that someone said that, because I'm pretty sure the um, guy that he pointed out the IDs said the same thing to the guy that asks him. Who's that? Yeah. It's the best guy around. <laughs> But uh, mm -hmm. so the next scene, we're near the house. James Conn assigns everyone a team, tells them which way they get into the house. And he tells, he says that him and Arnold are going in through the front door. When they get to the house, they notice that the window on the front door is broken and they enter with their guns drawn. They split up to search the house. Arnold heads upstairs, kills some fucking guys. James Conn busts into a room where a dude with a gun is holding his witness. The guy recognizes James Conn, tells him he's early. James Conn shoots him in the head. I think he says, you're, yeah, you're late or something like that. But well, like what I said before, it kind of bummed me out that they ruined the twist that he's a villain in all the trailers and promotion because that scene could have potentially been like, a, oh, shit, he's bad. But yeah. it kind of like loses any sort of weight because of how they promoted it. Anyway, so James Conn ends up shooting the witness and then I guess basically suffocates her while he's pretending to give her CPR as Arnold enters the room. But wouldn't have been kind of suspicious if he's administering CPR for a gunshot wound? No, um, I mean, like, uh, well, depends on where she's shot. Because usually, like, CPR is just pumping blood. You know, okay. if your heart stops, it's pumping blood. And if you can't breathe, it's just getting air in there. It doesn't really, like, wake anybody up from death or anything. Yeah. Which movies usually do. But also, I think she's just shot in the gut. And I don't really see why doing that would help. Especially if she's losing a lot of blood. And then he's just pumping more out. <laughs> you know? He's but. a genius. Yeah. Uh, so as Arnold and him are talking, the guy that Arnold called the shithead on the plane plants a picture of Vanessa Williams on one of the dead guys and then pretends to find it. James Conn tells him that he's like, we have to contact her too. And Arnold's like, this is 1996, man. She doesn't have a fucking cell phone. So they have to go to her, you know? So he, he then he's like, she's in Atlanta, which I'm, she's in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he lies to them. But yeah, because he immediately knows something's up because he's the best. That's why he lies. Yeah. Like, She's in Atlanta. I, see, I keep forgetting that he's the best. That's that's my problem. Yeah. Oh, okay. he immediately he immediately knew. So uh, they're back in the plane headed uh, towards her, and then Arnold is just fucking chugging water like those steroids gave him cotton mouth or something because, damn, like, I was just like, holy shit, he is chugging that water. Yeah. But uh, James Kahn is giving a pep talk to the rookie that came along with him. And then Arnold kind of figures out he's been drugged, so he sits down, pages Vanessa Williams, which is just like 
the most 90s thing I've said in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, around the two-way. <laughs> so Arnold uh, figures out that James Conn is the one that drugged him, kind of passes out. James Conn shoots the rookie because I don't, he's too nice, I guess. I don't he was going to, I think he was going to phone someone else. So yeah, they he's trace. Not a, he's not in on it. Yeah, in exactly. It. So they trace Arnold's phone call, figured out that Vanessa Williams is in New York City. Uh, Arnold wakes up. James Conn tells him they're headed to New York City. And he's also going to, you know, frame him for killing the rookie, being the mole, like everything, basically. What, Like, I don't get why after they got her location, why don't you just kill Arnold when he's knocked out? Because you basically just gave him a quick nap and he's all rested up now. So you're kind of fucked now. Yeah, I figured it was just like, I don't know. They realize she's in New York, but they still need like him to kind of help. Yeah. Find her. Okay, yeah. So- which, yeah. Um, I mean, I just watched this movie like a couple hours ago, uh, but I was thinking the same thing and I don't remember exactly why. But um, there's something it, along those lines. It kind of seems like because they don't know exactly where she is, but he does figure it out later. So I'm going to go through all this real fast before I do any like notes on it because it's just the, the plain part. Like the, Anyway, but uh, so he tells Arnold that they're selling weapons for them, sweet dollar bills, Ar- and tells Arnold that he can cut them in if he gives up Vanessa Williams. Uh, Arnold contemplates it, contemplates it for about a second and then responds by you know throwing a knife at his head, which he blocks. Then uh, opening up the emergency exit, blowing up one of the plane engines by throwing a chair through it, which I guess was his way of saying no. He's he's like, I'm out. Yeah. But uh, he throws a a parachute out of the plane, jumps after it, then ends up catching up to it, pulling the cord. And instead of letting, just instead of, James Conn, instead of letting him go, decides that he's not dumbing a dick and forces the pilot at gunpoint to turn around so he can slam into Arnold. (laughs) Which was like, holy shit. Yeah, and these, like, okay, all right, so here, here's the thing about this. Like, I assume those pilots aren't in on, you know, uh, their their scheme there. Yeah, especially because he had to force them to do it. Yeah, uh, and they got to fucking get a gun to their head and then go back and, you know, try to fucking hit this guy with a plane. Um, <laughs> and then they land. So, like, what happened to the pilots? Did, did they die point. and, like, James Khan, you know, fly the plane the rest of the way because maybe he was like ex-military or something, or like what exact, you know, what was their what was their plan there? Um, I don't know. That, yeah, like, no, that's it. Okay, I, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know, but uh, so Arnold notices, starts shooting at the cockpit until he shoots out the windshield, and then they swerve, just barely missing him. He gets blown sideways, all tangled up in the parachute. He starts plummeting towards the ground, and then is finally able to disconnect it and deploy the, the backup parachute, like, just in time, slams right into the roof of a car in a junkyard. Uh, first off, it's kind of awesome when he goes through the engine. Like, I remember that being a part of the advertising. It was in the commercials. And then apparently that was Arnold actually doing the stunt when he goes flying out of the plane, which is kind of obvious because the the camera is basically focused on his face the whole time and they didn't have uh like that face changing technology that they do now it wasn't actually like an actual plane but it so that the uh production notes say the first unprecedented stunt required schwarzenegger to fall 65 feet in a vertical descent and perform a backflip in mid-flight the fuselage of the plane was constructed and the actor was strapped into a descender rig no stuntman has ever accomplished a backflip during a drop like this but schwarzenegger Manage the feet seven times to get the shot. Um, this is him talking about it. It's kind of funny. 
Japanese interview, but I just I like to also like the way he keeps saying you look too scared. <laughs> so uh, there's also a trivia bit on IMDb that says several stunts went awry during production, including one where Arnold Schwarzenegger's hair caught fire, which I couldn't find a source for that on anything besides IMDb, so I'm not 100% sure if it's true. But oh. if it is, I'm assuming that it probably happened while they were filming this scene. Yeah, it makes sense. Um. So after he falls from the plane, he starts skydiving down, trying to catch the parachute. Apparently that wasn't him. It was just some like real footage of the stunt double that was all tangled up in a parachute. Yeah, it's probably Danny Epper. Who is, uh, is another one of my dad's friends. Is he that? Is he? Does he do a stunt like a skydiving stunts? Yeah, maybe. But he's known to double. He's like a big dude, so he's known to double other big dudes. I think okay. like Arnold before. So could possibly be him by the way like him doing the skydiving sc- stuff and then when he's like pulls a ripcord that Arnold Schwarzenegger when he pulls a ripcord and he's just hanging out before the like plane turns around just looked like <laughs> so unnatural and like just, just the way he was just sitting there like uh, like yeah. super green screened like the, and then the face he makes uh he's like whoo I get out of that well, one now yeah. here I'm gonna here I think I have it saved like the face he makes when the uh he when the plane's coming at him, that face right there, the picture's in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the face when the when the plane's coming at him was just great. Um, and then I like how he's like finally able to get his parachute going when he's only what seems like what a couple hundred feet off the ground, but it's okay. Yeah, because it gave him a little enough juice in order to not die. Yeah, exactly. And then I like his little combo with the two kids after he lands in the junkyard, which was great. It's like, where is this Earth? Welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two kids were the best. That that junkyard scene is a great example of how like innocently stupid kids are. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of felt bad for them because he gives them a parachute and fifty dollars in exchange for their dad's truck. Yeah, well, which, it's insured. I hope. Hopefully, because so. I'm sure that wasn't the most pleasant conversation when they told their dad what happened. They're just like, "But dad, it's okay. We got fifty bucks for it." Yeah, and a parachute. Yeah, which would be super sweet to have as a kid in theory. But actually, you know, because you ever do that thing as a kid where you jumped out of a tree with like a garbage bag yes. or like an umbrella and you're like, yeah. this, this will handle it. And then but it never it does. Yeah. yeah. Imagine having like an actual parachute. But it still doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work. But I mean, the idea of it's cool. I, I like how uh, basically Arnold's character won't take advantage of vulnerable women when he rescues them, but he's totally fine fucking over a couple little kids. 
Yeah. Well, you know, he probably would bring it, bring the tow truck back at the end. He no, would think. Sorry, so. I'm a federal agent. I needed your truck. Yeah, let's see. Something okay. we'll never know. We actually do find out that, but okay. So next scene, James Con is a guy is telling him that they have a few places where they might be able to find Vanessa Williams, but James Con ends up figuring out that she's headed to the zoo, so they head there. Uh, at the zoo, Vanessa Williams is waiting there while some teenagers are fucking with a tiger. So then, yeah, what the fuck was up with that? I don't know. I had something longer about that, but I, I was just like, it basically turned out into like fuck teenagers. Yeah. So. uh Burnface guy that was shooting at her before walks up to her and tells her that he's a U.S. Marshal. She's Wait, that like, was Burnface guy? Yeah, that was Burnface guy. I didn't even notice. I thought it was just random dude, random no, henchman. That, yeah, is that Burnface? Uh, she's like, where's the Austrian oak at? And old Burnface is like, oh, he's on his way, but he sent me to take care of you in the meantime. But, you know, she ain't dumb, and she kind of tricks him by asking him to show him the secret, to show her the secret handshake. Reaches up to show to shake her hand, and she just fucking plugs his ass. Takes off running. <laughs> uh, anyway, Burnface walkies uh, James Conn and says that Vanessa Williams shot him, and James Conn tells him to find her, but don't kill her. So uh, as he and his men are walking through the zoo, they spot Vanessa Williams and start running after her, but then Arnold comes barreling up in the tow truck, <laughs> and they start shooting at him. So in the truck, and they get all in there, and they just fucking Sonny Corleone the fuck out of that truck. So that truck's fucked. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I guess he's probably not bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you see the look on James Conn face when he was doing it? Because he looked like he was getting payback for what happened to Sonny at that point. A little PTSD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, God. So uh, they finished shooting the truck. But uh, while they're doing that, Vanessa Williams runs into the reptile house, which, come on, lady, like, he purposefully set up a meeting location with six different public exits, and she locks herself in the fucking one, like, with the, just a room. Yeah, and yeah, it's <laughs> an excellent point. Yeah. That was Eric like she didn't know he was about to show up there in a tow truck to like start blasting. But um, uh, so, I feel like even if you didn't haven't seen the movie before, you kind of knew what was going to happen once they showed you that quick shot of the alligators in there. Yeah. So uh, she locks the doors right before some of the bad dudes start breaking in and just start shooting all willy nilly with absolutely no concern for the lives of those poor animals. By the way. Yeah, but, but also. But, Fuck the alligators. See, are you, are, do you not like alligators? No, they terrify me. <laughs> That's it. She's, she's the same way. She's like, ugh. Erica, she's yeah. Like, okay, so, uh, quick side note. Like, the idea of sharks terrify me. They're also, like, fascinating but terrifying. Just yeah. like you're in the water and, like, they could just be there and just fucking eat you. It's weird. I don't know. I don't like it. The ocean is stupid. Um... But I was going down to Florida about uh, three years ago, and I was like, man, alligators. And by the way, I went to San Francisco State, and we're the San Francisco State Gators, which is really dumb, but it used to be the Golden Gators. You wow. Know, the Golden Gate. But then yeah. it changed it to Gators. And so it's like, even though there's not an alligator anywhere close, and our mascot is like a anamorphic alligator named Al. <laughs> middle initial e last name gator uh yeah it's really dumb anyhow uh so i was going down to florida to do some fishing and i'm like yeah but there's like alligators that's kind of weird and then i was talking to a co-worker of mine and she said that one of her friends uh or somebody she went to high school with was like her and her family were uh going down a river in you know africa or something and she was like had her 
finger out of the little boat, you know, on the top of the water. And I guess like a, uh, I guess that'd be a crocodile came up and like grabbed her by her hand, Jesus. pulled her into the water. And that was like it, like nothing they could do. Like Holy with her whole family there and everything. Like, that's fucking terrifying. Damn. So then I went, I went to Florida and, you know, went to all these like little fishing spots. Um, just doing some like, lake fishing and there's just fucking alligators everywhere. See, and I've never my... seen one like that. It's always behind like a zoo thing. So that maybe that's why. Because if I live in Florida, I'd be like, all right, fuck those. Yeah. Well, my friends are like, yeah, just take like a. What you do is just take a stick and like, you know, put it in the water and like move it around and make sure nothing's around. I'm like, eh, still. So I stood like ten feet back from the shore. So every time I caught a fish, you know, I could bring it up and have to make sure like an alligator is not going to come out and grab it out of there. <laughs> yeah. But there's just like random ass. Like, I was just fishing this lake that's uh, basically, like, an apartment complex and, like, little, you know, how some of them got, like, grass things. There's just, like, a little lake in front of it. And there's just an alligator that lives there. And it was just, I would just watch it. And it was just, like, put his eyes up and then go swim around. And then some other dude came up and was fishing. And I was like, yeah, what's up with that? And she's like, ah, she's fine. I leave her alone. She leaves me alone. Like, whatever. But it's just fucking weird. Like, you live in that apartment building. There's, like, kids and shit. It's yeah. like, hey, don't get too close to the lake because an alligator would come and eat you. Yeah. It's weird. That's what... And it's like every fucking lake in Florida. Well, it's terrifying. There was, wasn't there like a kid? I'm, well, I'm pretty sure there was That's... a kid that got eaten in Disney, Disney in World. Disney World. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm sorry. Uh, let me retract all that. That was what originally started that. Because that happened right before I went to Florida. That's what got me thinking about it. And that's why I brought it up to a friend at work. And then she told me that story. So, uh, yeah, that's what started it. And yeah, he he got picked off by a by an alligator. Yeah, just hanging out by the lake. But I mean, there's like lakes everywhere, like little fresh. I mean, it's basically a fucking swampland. Yeah, and there's just alligators in like all of them, and we're just like, yeah, you know, uh, as long as you stay out of the way, you'll be fine. But it's weird. Sometimes they just come out and hang out in the sun. Like that thing could just come over and kill me right now. <laughs> drag me underwater. It's true. And that's it. Okay, so uh so Vanessa Williams starts shooting back at them as they're shooting at her. Just as she runs out of bullets, back door's kicked open. Arnold does his like a classic like jump through the air while shooting a gun while he dives at her. Yeah, uh, and, and somehow then, does a barrel roll. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna help me out with this with this line uh that I'll get to, okay? Okay, so okay, so he he dies next to her, and she looks at him and she says, "You're late," and he says, "Traffic," <laughs> which is just a good line. <laughs> like, I'm I'm curious if like on the drive there he was trying to come up with a bunch of cool things he could say when he saw her. <laughs> so he's like, "Okay, now if she says you're late, I'll maybe say flight was delayed. Ha, that's cool. <laughs> but no way, that won't make sense because unless I explain what happened with the plane, ah, back to the drawing board." <laughs> I like. Maybe she says, where have you been? Like, flying the friendly skies? No, that's dumb. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there yeah, brainstorming that's... stuff. <laughs> so uh... It's like, I just work better off the cuff. I should just wait till I get there. <laughs> and then I can just say it. It just comes out, you know? Like, I'm not a guy who writes things down. Have faith in yourself. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm much better at improv comedy than I am at stand-up. You know, I don't have a type five. Improvisation. <laughs> so uh, 
Arnold tells her he only has two rounds left as Burnface and the rest of the goons kind of start closing in on them. So the fucking genius decides to shoot the alligator enclosure that the bad guys are standing in front of, which breaks and then a shitload of water and alligators spill out. Bad dudes are knocked down by the water, basically eviscerated by like the horribly CGI'd alligators. <laughs> yeah. I guess his arm ripped off. Yeah, exactly. So and then an alligator comes up to old Burnface. Alligator grabs him from behind all Jurassic Park style. Guy's probably like, clever girl. It's just like chomping on his head. <laughs> Let's see. And then I was going to have you, what's it say? I'm going to have you help me with, again with the, with the next part, if that's cool. Yeah, you can say, you can say yep. the line again. So, uh, okay. so Arnold and Vanessa Williams start running away. The guy uh, aims at them, but another gator grabs him by the gut, and the guy's just dunzo. So as Arnie and V-dubs are head out the door, they see James Conn and his men just heading towards him. So they turn around. Suddenly, like some of the worst CGI until apparently the Scorpion King just lunges at them, misses them. Arnold points his gun at it, but the gator isn't having any of that shit and just whips the gun out of his hand with his tail. Uh, so then Arnold lunges, or lunges for Arnold, but he kicks it in the head and then throws a wooden stand at it, starts crawling towards his gun, the gator catches the stand in its mouth, breaks it in half, and then starts running towards Arnold, who is who has like reached the gun. He aims the gun at the alligator as it opens his mouth. I'm assuming to maybe to be like tell Arnold how big of a fan he is of him, like of his films or something. <laughs> I don't know. But before the gator gets a chance to, Arnold shoots him right in the head and then probably says the most memorable line of the movie. Your luggage. <laughs> Which Oh, good stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's pretty much the whole alligator thing was like the thing I remembered most from this movie. Yeah, same. I, I remember them advertising that too. I just thought it'd be funny if that alligator just was just like a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. It's like Arnold, hey, how's yeah. it going? <laughs> I loved you and or I, why am I doing an Arnold voice for an alligator? <laughs> that's why he's yeah he's uh, he's Austri- <laughs> he's an Australian alligator. <laughs> I loved you and Conan the Barbarian. I'm also a barbarian. <laughs> Uh, a Gatarian. Okay. <laughs> uh, so right then, uh, James Conn and his guys bust in the room and start shooting at them, but they manage to jump through the window and escape. You'll also be surprised to learn that those alligators weren't always real, and there was what? actually a little mixture of CGI in there. Huh. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. But uh, so back to the movie, uh, Arnold and Vanessa Williams escape, and then like an hour or so later, James Conn shows up in a chopper. And James Conn, uh, or sorry, James Coburn shows up in the chopper. James Conn lies and tells him that Arnold's gone all commando. And then he terminated his crew. And then James <laughs> Conn's like, I don't know. He's, like, he's not a barbarian. I don't exactly. know what you're talking about. Exactly. He's like, I don't know. He's not a barbarian. I've known him since my son was in kindergarten. Cops <laughs> like him just don't do this stuff. Yeah. Him and his twin. Like exactly. <laughs> and then James Conn's like, well... If he is innocent, then why is he running, man? And so, chasing him. And then, and then, so James Conn's like, "If you say so, Junior." That's, <laughs> that's all I got for that. <laughs> so, uh, so then James Coburn asks what happened to Vanessa Williams, and James Conn just starts telling a bunch of true lies about how she was shot one of his men that she's working with Arnold. So, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, like it's <laughs> it's just a lie. Exactly. You know? Um, so James Coburn tells him what, like, do whatever it takes to bring him in, just bring him in alive. Then he takes off again, the chopper. Yeah. Like be go, you guys can be Batman and and Robin (laughs) didn't get him and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, it turns out that he and Vanessa Williams are hiding out in a church. Arnold busts out his flip phone to call James Coburn and tells him that James Kahn is the mole inside their department. Coburn tells him that he has to come in and Arnold is like, I have my, I have to protect my weakness. 
which I wrote down W E E T N E S S. Uh, and that James Conn has been bucked. So Coburn tells him that federal agents ID'd him as a shooter, and Arnold says that he'll get back to him when he has proof. He then tells Vanessa Williams that they're on their own and that they need some hard evidence. So she busts out the second copy of the disc she made, and uh, she was supposed to give to her newspaper lady friend. But Arnold's like, yeah. your news lady friend is dead. Yeah, and earlier they mentioned one of the goons is like, he peeled her like an onion, uh, which yeah. is disgusting. Yes. Um uh, also, that's uh, Tamara Tooney. She's in Law and Order. Like, okay, I was like, them. I know the actress, but then I forgot to look her up. Uh, she's yeah. in Law and Order. She's like the medical examiner. Oh, okay, uh, so she gets all sad for a second, but we know how little she cares about her friends, <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> so she's over in about thirty seconds. Um, Arnold tells her that they need to read the, what's on the disc, and V Dubs tells him like it's hacker proof. The only way to access it is. <laughs> to go to Cyrez. So Arnold's like, let's do it. And then right then a priest comes in and tells him that the cops are gone. Sarzo says that Arnold once saved him and he owes him. So then he lets him borrow his car. Yeah. And that has one of my favorite lines, which is some of his Colombian associates wanted to introduce him to God personally, which (laughs) is just a funny line. Okay. So later that night they pull up to a nightclub. And then just in case you weren't sure whether or not it's a gay nightclub with like from the two dudes outside dressed like Freddie Mercury, it goes, they make sure to beat it, you over the head with it by the fact that it's playing, it's raining men inside. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you ever been to a gay club? No. Is that all they play okay. just on a loop or what? Pretty much that. Madonna. Okay. That makes sense. It. Okay. That makes sense. I just thought they were no. stereotyping like, like, well, we got to show that it's a gay nightclub. Well, it's, it's raining men. Duh. Um, all right. So I actually have, I would say a few thoughts, but it's more just one. Uh, as far as like an action movie, like a 90s action movie in like a gay club scene, this is like fantastic. There's not a lot of like, you know, like gay panic um, stuff. Yeah, like gay panic or like this is gross or just like cheap jokes and shit. You know, like if you. There's not too. There, yeah. There, like, there's I a, mean, Arnold makes a couple like. Exactly. Just like to jabs. Raz the gay. Yeah, but that's because he's just like, don't tell him I'm straight, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want to break any hearts. Uh, but as far as like nineties, even just fucking nineties movies in general, like, it's, yeah. you know, when it comes to like gay stuff, this is not that bad. I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. Like, I mean, if that scene came out now, like totally different story. Yeah. But, I mean, well, you look at like Ace Ventura. Oh yeah. You know, and yeah. you watch it through the 2020 lens. You're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like that's. Well, I was going to, I was going to like start shit. shitting on it for being gay bashing and then they weren't really that bad. So I was like, okay, well I can't really do that. Yeah. You would, ex- you would expect them to be like gay yeah. bashing, you know, but they don't really, I mean, it's not like if it came out now, different story, you know, yeah. it's a little stereotypical, but yeah. you know, we're 24 years ago. You're like, All right. True. So, uh, so Arnold walks walk up to the bar and who should be happening to, who should happen to be bartending, but our old friend Eldon from Murphy Brown, the guy that Arnold rescued at the beginning of the movie. Uh, so Arnold tells Eldon that he needs his help. Eldon agrees. So uh, also uh, Eld- after the mob guys found him somewhere in that same region, he's still in New York, you know? Yeah. But he does say like no self-respect or I think Arnold says yeah. like no, no, no he self-respecting says mobster says that, yeah. would step step foot in here like, yeah all right yeah wise guy no self-respecting wise guy with step foot in here huh yeah also there's a little continuity error with that he like yes, takes with off the, his vest. with the jacket or the yeah. vest yeah yeah eric noticed and that then, 
puts it back on or and then has it back on and then takes it off again so you know i'm curious if like the writers thought that it's running men was like the gay equivalent of that's amore for the italians because <laughs> <laughs> they uh okay yeah eldon drives as arnold tells him that they want to break into cyrus and eldon basically says that it's impossible without a small army arnold's like all we need are these and he hands them to elka seltzer and then arnold tells him that he'll meet up with them later as they drop him off from the hospital the uh, next day, James Kahn meets up with Undersecretary Harper and Chuck from Cyrez, who demand to know what's going on. James Kahn tells him he'll have the situation contained within 24 hours, but Underwater Secretary Harper tells him, he's like, that's not good enough. And James Kahn is like, basically like, yo, you have a problem? I'll solve it. And then tells him that he'll cancel the next gun shipment. Chuck, yeah. Chuck from Cyrez. check out the hook. Uh-huh. Why his DJ revolves it. Exactly. Uh, I was curious if you catch that. <laughs> uh, but uh, Chuck, from, Chuck from Cyrus tells him that it's not an option to cancel the shipment because it's already been paid for and needs to be sent out tonight. James Kahn asks, uh, or he asks James Kahn what the plan is. So James Kahn tells him that Arnold is going to show up to Cyrus to find out what's on the disc. And when he does, he'll be waiting for him. And then underwear secretary Harper tells him he wants everything taken care of by Don or else. So later we see James Kahn and Chuck from Cyrez in the security room at Cyrez. Chuck tells him that the disc can only be run from the terminal in the central vault. So James Kahn just kind of watches the monitor and waits. Back down in the lobby, Eldon from Murphy Brown walks into the building dressed as a pizza delivery guy. The security guard tells him to fuck off, but Eldon's like, hey, if I don't deliver this pizza while it's hot, I have to pay for it. So some more security guards grab and pin into the wall. And while they're frisking him, Eldon secretly eats the uh, Alka-Seltzer tablet that Arnold gave him. This causes him to start foaming at the mouth. He pretends to have a seizure. James Kahn and Chuck see him on the ground. Chuck radios the guard to take him to the infirmary. Calls the ambulance. They put him on the gurney and then roll him the hell out of there. So then next we go, we see an ambulance roll up with, to the security booth. And what do you know? It's Arnold and Vanessa Williams. Who must have like somehow intercepted the 911 call. I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, There's no other ambulance yeah. that shows up. Uh, so they drive up to the building, unload their stuff, and head inside. Meanwhile, good old Eldon is in the infirmary with my what might be the stupidest fucking doctors in any movie I've ever seen. Yes, yeah. Like, like. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they only said that because Eldon accidentally disconnects his wire to his heart monitor, so it reads like it's fat flatlining and makes that beep noise. The doctors immediately begin freaking out. One of them grabs a defibr- defibrillator, begins using it on him, even though he's obviously moving around and talking to them before they put something on his mouth so he won't bite down on his tongue as they're shocking him. So the doctor prepares the def- like the defib- defibrillator pads. Uh, Eldon begins desperately like shaking his head like, no, 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 and yelling like as loud as he can with the thing in his mouth. But the fucking doctor begins to shock him anyway. And then the look on her face while she's doing it made me think that she kind of gets off on it a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so just as this sadistic fucking doctor is about to shock him for the th- third time, Arnold busts in the room with a gun and tells her to cut that shit off. Unstraps Eldon, who is understandably pissed, and then tells him to tie everyone up and secure the room while he, while they go get run the disc. Um, back in the security room, one of the computer guys tells James Con or calls James Con over and tells him that they're running the disc. The head of uh, security guy says that it's impossible because no one has entered the room, and James Con's like, "Well, he must have found another way." And then they head to the vault. When they get there, Chuck punches in the security code to open the vault, but it doesn't work. He tries again, still nothing, so James Conn gets all impatient, shoots the lock off with a shotgun, which, what's the point of having a vault with a security lock if you can shoot it open with a gun? Yeah, I didn't get that yeah. either, but... 
So they enter the vault, find it empty, and the computer guy tells them that they must be running the disc from a remote terminal somewhere on the building. So James Conn tells Chuck, you better find them now or he's going to shoot him in the dick. Unfortunately, <laughs> before he gets a chance to, the computer guy says he couldn't. He should be able to trace where, which computer they're using. Uh, upstairs, Arnold and Vanessa Williams are in James Cromwell's office, and apparently Farmer Hoggett left himself a back door so he could access the vault terminal stuff with his own computer. They find out that Cyrez is selling a thousand railguns to the head of Russian cartel. The exchange is going to happen at the Baltimore docks at midnight. Computer guy finds out which room they're in and then erases the goddamn disc. And the security breaks in the room. Arnold shoots one of them, begins fighting with the other one as the elevator dings. The doors open reveal to reveal it's full of guards. They immediately begin shooting. Arnold uses one of the guard or uses the guard he was fighting as a human shield and then pulls the pin from the grenade. The pulls the pin from the grenades attach the guard guard's vest and then kicks him in the elevator full of guards and it blows up yeah. yeah okay so this scene uh really annoyed me for one reason uh the first guy that comes in um arnold takes a chair and chucks it at him yeah and for some reason i don't know this is some like oversight maybe they like overthought it or something arnold does not say here have a seat <laughs> when he throws the chair at him oh that is a missed and opportunity yeah, like that's just kind of like this movie would be so much better if it was just stupid shit like that. Like, don't you don't have to like write your movie in order to throw in the one liners, but that's already in there. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you already like your luggage is in there, like your late traffic, yeah. but like, yeah, have a seat. And he chucks the fucking chair it, at a guy. It just seems so obvious now that you mentioned it. Yeah, although now that I say it out loud, I feel like that was in another movie. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Okay. Okay, so he uses the guy's a human shield, pulls the pins. He grabs Vanessa Williams. Uh, he's like, come on! And they begin running it. Uh, and then the elevator full of guards explodes. And all I could think of was, like, that poor janitor that probably had to clean up all that shit later. <laughs> but uh, Arnold and Vanessa don't get too far before more security starts shooting at him. So Arnold tells her to, that he'll cover her and to head down to the ambulance. As she runs away, the building starts going into security lockdown, and those big-ass bulletproof glass doors start coming down to section off the building, which separates them just as James Conn grabs her. Arnold and James Conn immediately begin shooting at each other through the glass security door, and it seriously took them emptying their clips and then Arnold looking at his gun all confused before <laughs> these two seasoned <laughs> FBI agents realize it, that they're shooting at bulletproof glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, also where do these bullets go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happens like, when that when with bulletproof glass? I would imagine it ricochets somewhere, but Yeah, true. Um... Uh so <laughs> James Conn basically is like kinda of gives him like a neener 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 before taking off with Vanessa Williams. <laughs> Arnold looks around, sees a fire sprinkler, shoots it, which triggers a fire alarm, lifts the security doors. He runs after him, but he's too late and gets to the roof just as James Conn and Vanessa Williams take off in the chopper. Uh, so even though they don't show it, Ar Arnold and Eldon are somehow able to get out of the building in the same fucking ambulance they drove up in, even though their covers were blown, which I feel like would have been a great scene, but whatever. Um, yeah. Anyway, they drive the ambulance back to the car, and Eldon says that he can get them to Baltimore in 40 minutes. Arnold told them, tells him it's not your fight and that he's going alone. And Arnold's like, ah, oh, come on. I'd be dead if it wasn't for you. I owe you. And then he tells him that his cousin Tony runs the docks and he can help him find the ship. Arnold's like, all right, come on, little fella. Like, gives him, like, a nod. So Eldon hops in the car and they head to Baltimore. Okay, so a few things about this. One, were they talking about anything before they got there? Or was, like, Arnold just, like, 
this is what's going to happen. And when he gets there, he's like, no, you're not going. Or, mm. you know, because it, like they did it, you know, this happens in movies a lot. They're like, all right, you know, you see people like driving up like, all right, guys, here's the plan. It's like, what the fuck were you guys talking about for the past hour when you were driving there? Yeah. Just like listening to the radio or a podcast <laughs> or something. Um, also, uh, as a big Wire fan, just the Baltimore Docs, you know, got my dick hard. So Yeah, with uh, that's, that's my favorite season right there, even though nobody likes it. Yeah, it's very polarizing. Like, either it's like people love it or people hate it. I really and like I think that it's... season. Frank, Frank Sabatka, I think. Yeah. Um Hold on, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be right back. Okay. One second. No more complaining. No more Mr. Kimble have to go to the bathroom. Nothing. There is no bathroom. Okay. I had to pee. And then Eric looked at me. She's like, like, what, with like a, what are you doing? Kind of looking. I was, because I was, I was holding my wiener shut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which the first time she saw me do that, she's like, does that work? I was like, for like a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just bust through. Have you done that, I'm assuming? I mean, that's something you do as a kid. Yeah, well, apparently I'm doing it again. Uh, my friend was telling me um, that he was, like, met up with some chick and he was having sex with her, but he didn't want to come yet, so he, like, pulled out and tries to, like, squeeze his dick in order to, like, oh. you know, not come. Yeah. And then, like, tilted it up and, like, looked at it and... <laughs> let go and i like shot himself in the face <laughs> that's good stuff yeah okay uh okay they uh arrive at the docks few hours later meet up with his cousin tony two toes who's surprised to see eldon because he's supposed to be dead uh so eldon tells him they have bigger problems right now and arnold explains the deal that's going down at midnight on the docks same time James Kahn is also at the docks with the Russian cartel guy as they load the weapons onto his ship. He asks why he brought Vanessa Williams, who's tied to the chair. James Kahn says that she's insurance. She's an insurance policy in case anyone shows up. Then, just like in case there's anyone who's still watching that's unsure if he's the villain or not, he offers up Vanessa Williams to the Russian, who, like, shockingly is okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always got to be some rapey undertones. Yeah. You know? It's always necessary. So, uh, meanwhile, Arnold uh, calls up James Coburn, tells him that he has proof that Cyrus is selling weapons on the black market, and then James Kahn and Undersecretary of Defense Harper are both in on it. He then tells him it's going down at the Baltimore docks, come and get me, and tosses the cell phone on the ground without hanging it up so they can trace the call. Uh, Back at the docks, James Kahn tells his men that they're loading up the last weapon, so keep an eye out for Arnold. Just as they're closing the front gate, Eldon, Cousin Tony, and their crew show up and tell the guard that they're from the local 129. They heard there was a shipping loaded and that nothing on the docks is supposed to be done unless it's loaded by union workers. But little do the guards know that while they're dealing with this, Arnold is sneaking in through the roof where he comes across two guards on the ground below. He does sort of like a backflip thing off a crate as they begin shooting at him, lands behind them, knocks him out in a way that kind of reminds me of True Lies but not done as well. Yeah. And then uh guard in the well, tower. The birds, the, they, they know he's there because he rustles up yeah. some birds. Ugh. So as Eldon, cousin Tony, and the guy bum rush the front gate guards and then disable the security camera. They then rendezvous with Arnold, who signals for them to go around back as he goes through the warehouse. He breaks a window, hops in as tower guards with the railgun, scans the warehouse through the x-ray the gun's x-ray scope. 
He notices movement, but it just ends up being a cat. But this isn't just any cat, though, because I found out that, and I honestly don't know how I found this out, this particular cat has its own page dedicated to it on a website called cinemacats.com, which apparently is a website dedicated to the cataloging the appearance of cats in films. The cat-a-logging? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cat-a-logging. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm not going to show you the website, but here, I'll send a link to you in case you want to look at it. So what other movies is this cat been? been oh, in? I don't know. It uh, it doesn't say... It uh, goes by movie, I think. So if you want to find out which, which movie or when a cat is in what movie, you can just look at that website. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> anywho, the tower guards end up spotting Arnold. He starts running through the warehouse as more guards begin firing at him. Until the whole warehouse pretty much sort of explodes with Arnold seemingly like falling into the fire while yelling, yeah, uh, it's a pretty intense scene. And I think the fine people over at cinemacast.com summed it up best when they wrote, quote, we wonder if the cat managed to get out of the warehouse before it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't forget. That's the final musing. Yes. M-E-W-S-I-N-G-S. Yes, I, I saw that and I was like, <laughs> Their final musings. Uh, so as we watch the warehouse burn, cat-free, hopefully, James Conn orders two of his men to go inside and make sure Arnold is dead. Inside the warehouse, he's not dead. And he does have a big-ass piece of metal like sticking out through his leg that looks like something that just broke off a T-1000. But uh, as the guy enters the warehouse, he fiddles, Arnold fiddles, fiddles with the shotgun that was damaged in the explosion, but just finally gives up and instead of just throws it at one of the, near, like near one of the guards. The guard picks it up and is then immediately blasted by one of the tower guards outside that mistake him for Arnold. And then Arnold pulls the piece of metal out of his leg and uh, stabs the searching guard with it. He then grabs his pistol and then somehow like breaks through the wooden planks that make up the floorboard, floorboard and then slips beneath as two more guards enter the warehouse. He then crawls directly beneath them, shoots them from like below the floorboards, just straight up through the floorboards with the pistols, killing them both. This is when he decides to do like the most Schwarzenegger thing possible and just bust through the floorboards head first, even though he was just on his back. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I gotta hand it to that scene. Uh, and then like, I, it just looked cool. I think it's right here where the directors just like wanted to get the movie over with, with and was just like, just fuck <laughs> it, just give the guns to Arnold. Yeah, like uh, not like you want to give him a gun? No, 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 not gun. <laughs> give the guns to Arnold. Is there any way to carry more than two guns? <laughs> I don't know about that, sir. All right, fuck it. So uh, he grabs the rail guns, blows away a couple dudes, then uses one of their radios to tell James Conn he's going to go all Kathy Bates from Misery on his ass and heads outside. Meanwhile, back on the ship, the Russian is like, it looks like your friend has arrived. And Vanessa Williams is like, he's going to fuck you up. And so the Russian is like, I had to write this phonetically. So I'm like, well, then I guess we will kill you now and bust out his knife. Uh, little does he know that Vanessa Williams loosened her restraints, so when one of the explosions outside distracts the Russian, she pulls her hand free, grabs an instant coffee pot, breaks it over the commie's head, and then says, Sorry, I'm kind of cranky before I have my coffee. See? Now that's a good line. <laughs> that would have been great. We just add more lines to the movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, don't forget, they're not uh, they're commies. They're... Actually, as... Uh, little Mikey says, they're not communists anymore, Tony. They're a federation of independent liberal states. <laughs> so, so, okay. So they're, they're federation. She's like, yeah, you federation guy. Anyway, so she, 
She uh, says goodbye with a kick to the face and head towards the door. Back at the warehouse, Arnold emerges from the fiery mess with a railgun in each arm, just begins to blow the fuck, like, pretty much out of everything that's moving. As this is happening, Vanessa Williams is making her way off the ship when she get, starts getting shot at, but just barely escapes. Um, then somehow, even though he was just on the ground like four seconds earlier and she was running away, James Conn appears on top of a shipping container with Vanessa Williams as his hostage. Uh, oh, so he tells Arnold to drop the guns. Arnold has a second where he, like, looks at both guns. And then looks back up at them, and he's like, he's maybe considering letting her die just so he can, he can keep those sweet guns, you know? <laughs> yeah. He decides to he decides against it, drops the guns. James Conn shoots him for not choosing the guns like a chump. Uh, up on the ship, the Russian is woken up from his coffee-induced coma, tells his men to shoot Arnold, which I guess they wouldn't have done unless he said something. Uh. Yeah. I... <laughs> so Arnold jumps up, manages to grab onto the shipping container that they're on, and... Uh, as it's being lifted into the air. The Russians continue shooting at Arnold as a big-ass tractor's front-end loader claw shovel thing. It listen to view right in front of the Russians, and up pop Eldon and the Union Boys, which sounds like a band from the 80s, <laughs> <laughs> with their own machine, machine guns and just begin mowing down the Russians. So now that Arnold is clear of gunfire, he begins to crawl up the container, and as he's doing this, James Conn picks a bad time to lean over the side to check if Arnold's still hanging on and is just immediately greeted by Arnold's fist. <laughs> he falls down, drops the gun. Arnie climbs up, grabs uh, James Conn's leg, but James Conn remembers he has two legs and he kicks him in the face with the other one. So <laughs> he gets up, decides that he liked the way Arnold's face felt against his leg, and he gives him a like he knees him right to the kisser. So uh, with Arnold down for a second, James Conn walks over to his gun, but then the shipping container tilts under his weight. Gun slides the other side. He pulls out a crowbar from someplace and then walks over to Arnold and just starts going to town on him with it. Which I like how in order to make this a fair fight, they basically had to cripple Arnold. Because yeah. he's been in an explosion, he has an open wound on his leg, uh, and then he got shot in the shoulder. Yeah. And then it's I mean, it's better than what they did in Commando with uh, him and Bennett at the end. Well, and then even after that, the director's still like kinda like, eh, I don't know. I think maybe the dad from Milf should have a crowbar. Like, just so we can make it a fair fight. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and, and make it all shaky, too, so yeah. can have, like, a good good footing. But the thing is, like, even with all that to his advantage, about it takes, like, two seconds before Arnold has him in a headlock. Yeah. And begins to choke him out with the chains, uh, the crane's chain. So as he's doing this, Vanessa Williams moves towards a gun. Uh, just as she's about to grab it, the container tilts again, and she slides over the side. Arnold lets go of uh, James Conn's neck. James Conn's neck grabs her arm just as she is sliding over the side. He pulls her up. James Conn crawls over to the other side, grabs his gun, and is about to shoot Arnold. He's about to shoot them when Arnold uses the crowbar to break the chain, the crane's chain thing, which causes the shipping container as well as Arnold and James Conn to fall to the ground below while she's like hanging on to the ladder that's attached to the crane. So, okay, so apparently the stunt guy. Uh, his name is Peter Kent, was hurt really badly during the scene. Oh. Like, there's actually a Cracked article that features him that's pretty interesting. Uh, just him talking about being Arnold. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger's, uh, he was his stunt double for like 10 years or something like that. But he says that, like, quote, Arnold took, takes a crowbar, smashes the gear holding the shipping container up. We had cable cutters on all four corners of the box, but when we did the scene, the final cable held. There wasn't sufficient voltage in the system to fire the last cutter. This was a big cable as thick as my wrist, and we used aerospace cutters. That's when the wire holding me unspooled and let me fly. I dropped straight past it, then the whole container spun around, 
smacked me towards the wall, warehouse wall, and then it happened again and again, and it just kept sucking me in and swatting me out. Jesus. He says, I broke my collarbone, my shoulder blade, my ankle, and three separated uh, ribs. But it, it, like, he's, it ended his stunt career. Damn. Yeah. So uh, he actually has some pretty good stories from that article, which I'll share as we get to those movies. So uh, Arnold uh, slowly gets back to his feet as James, James Coburn's Chapa arrives, begins circling around with the spotlight. It looks for a place to land. Arnold hears James Kahn calling to him for help, sees he's trapped under the middle door of the container. So Arnold goes over, begins to help him lift the door, and James Kahn decides to show his appreciation by pulling out a gun. Arnold grabs his wrist right before he can take aim, and he kind of ends up firing the round in the air as Arnold's like, son of a bitch, <laughs> as he disarms him. Uh, James Coburn walks up to them. He notices the railgun spilled out and shakes his head like a disappointed father as they're arresting James Kahn. <laughs> Uh, as they take him away, Vanessa, really, Vanessa Williams runs up to Arnold and hugs him, but the scene fades away before they have a chance to kiss because apparently American audiences in the 90s just weren't ready for that yet. That's not. Yeah. But uh, anyway, a few days later, James Conner and underwater secretary Harper are leaving the courthouse after being indicted for treason when they're surrounded by the fake news. But they walk away as Arnold and Vanessa come out of the courthouse. She asks, she asks if the dickheads are going to get away with it. Arnold's like, yeah, probably. But you did well in there. He then asks her if she's ready. She nods yes uh, before getting into the lip limo with Undersecretary Harper and Chuck from Cyrez. James Conn watches Arnold and that watches them get into a van. The van suddenly explodes. Old James Conn smirks, gets into the limo, and we're shown a sewer grate closing shut underneath the van. Uh, limo pulls away. The, the three shitbags are discussing whether or not they should start selling weapons again. James Conn tells Undersecretary good job with blowing up the van. Undersecretary tells him he didn't blow up the van. He thought James Conn did it. Just then, the limo screeches to a halt at the train tracks, crossing as the passenger doors lock, and Eldon from Murphy Brown, now dressed as a chauffeur, hops out of the driver's seat and walks away from the car. Dickheads look around confused while the limo's corded cell begins to ring. Underwater Secretary answers it and then tells James Conn that it's for him. He puts the phone up to his ear as he looks out the window and sees Arnold, who tells him, you've just been erased. <laughs> train, the train crossing lights suddenly start flashing. Look out the window and see the choo-choo train coming towards them with his horns blaring. The train smashes into them, completely destroying the limo, and I would assume killing them. Uh, Arnold just kind of stands there and watches them like a psychopath. Uh, he then heads to his Jeep, which Vanessa Williams is waiting in, and asks him what happened. He just looks at her, smiles. They caught a train. <laughs> And the end. Um, so what? Okay, what train was that? Because like, looks like a Fraser train. At, yeah, but imagine if you're the fucking train driver, conductor. Uh, conductor. Thank you. That was where I was looking for. <laughs> and you're just like, oh fuck, it's a limo. Oh Jesus Christ! Like I can't stop in time. I'm a goddamn train. And then he had to train it. And it immediately blows up. And you're just like, fuck. There's probably people in there. Like that sucks for the train driver. Yeah, you know? that does suck for the train driver. I, I, Arnold wasn't worried about that. Yeah. There's collateral damage, I guess. Damn, I could have worked <laughs> that one in too. Okay, there's like three trivia things that are, that are quick. First one what you've already mentioned was there's the first song in the credits is called Where Do We Go From Here, which was performed by Vanessa Williams. Huh. Uh, secondly, the movie was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Sound Effects Editing, but lost to The Ghost in the Darkness, which was awesome. Interesting. The, and then the movie has a sequel in the form of a video game 
called Eraser Turnabout. It's a first-person shooter from Windows 95 where you play as Arnold's character and only have like a few hours to shut down a conspiracy. I'd play a free mm. a clip, but it like I looked at it and it's boring as fuck. So like, let's let's not hear you. There's there's the YouTube link if you ever want to check it out. All right. Um. Well, uh, now that we're at the post credits, I got some uh some great names here for you. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, uh, I got two actors. One is Roma Mafia. It's just a, <laughs> like this whole mafia thing. That's yeah. just funny. Uh, there's somebody named Patrick Kilpatrick. Oh, um, why would you do that to your kid? I I don't know if it's like one of those like Cam Cameron things, you know? Like everybody just calls you Patrick because your last name's Kilpatrick, and that just becomes like your name, you know? Yeah. yeah. Possibly. Uh, got a couple stunt guys danny epper who we mentioned earlier um max daniels which is just i like the image of like uh well like how many daniels do we need we need max daniels <laughs> like find me yeah. all the fucking daniels uh a guy named dick zyker what, what's the last name zyker Z- 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 that z-i-k-e-r it's just it, dick zyker it, is just a great name it, it sounds like yeah <laughs> What's your name? Dick Saker. Uh, <laughs> I like how they won't go by Richard. No, it's Dick. Yeah. No, yeah. If your last name's like Wolf, you know, you don't go by Richard Wolf. You go by Dick Wolf. <laughs> Taking it back to Law and Order stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of alligators and I guess crocodiles, uh, the video engineer was Steve Irwin. Hmm. So imagine it's the same one. Yeah. Probably not. I would think so. Uh. The costumer for Vanessa Williams is named Cookie Lopez, which is just a cool name. Yeah. Um, staff assistant is named Win- Winona Wacker. <laughs> which is just funny. Uh, skydiving coordinator was Guy Manos, which is just man hands. You know, Manos yeah, is hands in Spanish. Um, supervising sound editor, Bub Asman. Bub Asman? A-S-M-A-N. Oh. Asman. But I like to think of it as Bub Asman. Asman, yeah. Uh, uh, what was the name you mentioned earlier? One of the actors, uh, um, Michael Papajohn. Yeah, his name is Papajohn. This guy's name is John Bonds. John like Bonds. Like Barry Bonds. Oh. John Bonds. I'm like that sucks. Um, Foley editor. I don't know what that is, but this guy's name is Butch Wolf, <laughs> which is just a cool name. Yeah. Uh, assistant ADR editor is Dean Manley. That's. Which is also a great name. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a community joke in there, you, but I don't know what it is. You can't, you, I, with the last name mainly, I feel like you can't have him named like, Dean sounds about right. Butch. Butch or, Manley. I'm sorry, Butch. Was it Dean or Butch? No, it's Dean. Oh, but yeah, yeah, but you need you like a name, name like that. Like Butch Manley. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, my personal favorite co-captain his name is randy muscle man <laughs> is it spelled exactly like just muscle mu- man uh i think it's more muscle like the food yeah or the animal oh, okay as okay. opposed to M-U-S-S. yeah so l-e yeah but not only it like you know yeah still that's like good. muscle man's a great name but also just like let's eh, give him a first name that's associated with being horny <laughs> yes i'm randy muscle man um but yeah so all right that's all i got okay so your what would you, what would you say a favorite favorite line would be from the movie 
Um, honestly, I'd, I'd probably say my favorite line, and it doesn't come from Arnold, which is weird, where he's like, where am I? And the kid's like, Earth. That That's my Welcome. favorite line, too. So it's uh, unanimous. Yeah. Yes, that was that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. Uh, I felt like the Arnie lines were... I felt like they intentionally tried to like yeah keep them to a minimum uh you know keep we got a couple at the end which is yeah um, a little disappointing any particular favorite kill in there uh i'd say like it's like gruesomeness the one guy getting eaten by the alligator <laughs> and the other alligator comes and rips his arm yeah, off that one was good that's pretty hardcore uh but i don't know i'd probably say like um when uh donahue killing himself just because i was like so unexpected <laughs> and just like a fucking whirlwind of shit we're just like whoa what the fuck yeah like, that I wasn't see that coming yeah um so and then i thought about could, you uh probably the the grenade one when he pulls the grenades and then kicks the guy in there that one's pretty good yeah how many people do you well like what would you say the kill count of this movie is Ooh, there's just a lot of random ass people who who died like yeah um you know, even when they're in Cyrex, uh, they're just killing everybody. I don't know if they're FBI guys or uh, Witset guys or you know security or whatever. But Arnold's just fucking mowing those guys down. Uh, I'd say ninety-two. Go a higher low. Well, you can like... take the over/under, so I'll set the over/under at ninety-two. Okay. The under. So I guess I'm going under. So okay. So it is. Wow, there's only fifty-two. It tells uh, Kruger killed 29, DeGaren uh, kills 4, and then it goes by a, with a breakdown. That wasn't that many. Okay. Any uh, like final thoughts? Your uh, opinion change at all? I'm assuming not because you were like, eh. if If anything, watching this again, I kind of went down. It like the second very... time or the... Basically, it went down from the time we recorded the intro yeah. till now. Okay. Um, I just felt it was just kind of... It was fine. I don't know. It's just kind of a blah movie. It's just like some stuff happens. It, cool. There's it, nothing really like memorable about it. Yeah, true. Um, um, but, I thought it was better than I remembered it being, but yeah, just blah was a good word, I guess. It's not, yeah, it's not horrible. It's just. No, it's fine. Not memorable. Right. Yeah, not memorable is a great way to put it. Yeah. It's enjoyable when you're watching it, you know, but like it's one of those you'd immediately forget exactly so okay kind of sucks so like i said earlier we have a guest with us today there's uh erica she's uh she didn't grow up watching the movies on any of our movies um so you've seen a few though right yeah. like, sad childhood yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the favorite because we've seen a few together what would you say is uh, your favorite one that you've seen out of the ones we've watched I like I liked the Terminator movies. Those were good. Um, I liked Last Action Hero. I really liked this one, honestly. Like yeah. I I mean I guess that's not a popular vote, but I haven't seen too many of them. I didn't fall asleep. That's good. That's I mean, saying something. I tend to fall asleep during everything we watch. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I didn't fall asleep, so that was good. Okay. Uh, and then you mentioned that you had you had an Arnold experience because Joe Joe talked about his in the intro. Oh, um, I was visiting my aunt and uncle in Idaho, and apparently he has a house out there. 
and he went by in some sort of Hummer or something, and they were like, oh, there's Arnold's Hummer. And I guess basically everybody in town like knows which Hummer is his. He just drives through town. Cool. Huh. Yeah. That's Apparently, awesome. uh, ne- ne- speaking of honorary doctorates, Neil Young got an honorary doctorate from San Francisco State, the Bill Gators. Um, <laughs> and uh, Neil Young convinced Arnold to make his Hummer completely electric. Really? Well, that's so, cool. Yeah. So I guess Arnold's Hummer is a. Does it? Does I mean, this was like ten. This is before like Tesla and shit. So yeah. So it was like a long time ago. Uh. Okay. So was there anything about the movie that we that we watched that bugged you or that you found? Uh, okay. stuff that bugged me. I guess. I guess the half-ass Pepsi sort of throw in kind of bug me i was on just, the plane yeah on the plane because it was like no nah, man mm. you don't want one of these waters you want this pepsi but then like <laughs> i i guess it started to make sense the more i watched where i was like oh i mean because i was like why wouldn't you have arnold drink the pepsi like that seems like your like, go-to like ad that you'd want right there but then i realized oh they, they drug him yeah, I realized I yeah. drug him, and then I was like, I guess you don't want to be like advertising that you drug somebody with Pepsi, so <laughs> it made more sense to me after I watched it, but I was just like, what the heck? Like, they just kind of threw Pepsi in there and like, ran him. See, Coke should have done the thing where they drugged him with the Pepsi, and he's like, oh, this, this yeah. tastes off, and then you're like, boom, yeah, yeah. perfect advertising for it. They're all <laughs> sipping Coke in the corner, like, <laughs> yeah. Enjoy that nasty yeah. ass Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, any uh, characters that you like liked or stood out? Or oh, poor Fabrizio from Titanic. He just always gets the short end of the stick. <laughs> the uh, the rookie. Oh the yeah, that, the one that had killed us. Oh yeah, it's yeah, from yeah. Titanic. Yeah, poor rookie man. Poor He's rookie. just trying yeah. to do a good job. I felt really bad for the tow truck guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, not only do his dumb little kids sell his truck for 50 bucks then and arnold just like and a parachute and, yes. a, and a parachute arnold just demolishes that truck yeah like yeah. he could have nicely parked it outside the zoo but no he like drives it straight on in <laughs> like he's not getting that truck back <laughs> it's like I mean, it's true and yeah and that's his lifeblood too it's yeah. not like if i lose my car you know i can yeah well, arnold, okay arnold me to have known that. But... like that sucks that, I mean, I felt bad for him. The whole time it was bugging me, I was like, damn, why did he, like, poor, poor Toto guy. Yeah. But uh, uh, favorite scene or, like, like standout scenes or anything like that? Um, the, the explosion where you, like, think that they die in the car. I totally, oh, yeah. I yeah. totally, like, predicted the, the van? that was going to happen because that happens on my soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was like, oh, they they they're not in the car. They they went through the bottom of the car and they went through the storm drain. And you're like, what? They just parked the car. I'm like, there's a storm drain under it for sure. Like, that's okay. that's it's happened in my soap opera. Um, Anything else? I mean, the other scenes. It shouldn't have like stuck out as much, but when the Russian guy said uh, "Das Binanya," I I'm pretty sure I like freaked out and made you pause it because I was like, oh, I know I know what that means. And you're like, how the heck do you know what that means? And I was like, well, any little girl that grew up watching Anastasia knows exactly what that means. <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, it's pretty much like, peace out, see you later. Like, oh, it's like a pretty much like, hasta la vista. Yeah, yeah, basically like a Russian hasta la vista, yeah. Okay. 
You also mentioned how how you uh, it was great because when we were watching it, that last that last line. Oh, I I called it from like a mile away when he parked the the car on the train tracks. So I was like, man, that's it's a good line. That's what he's gonna say. And like, <laughs> he had to catch a train. Several minutes later, I was just like, I nailed it. Nice. <laughs> Which again, I, I gotta say, like, there's no way that his character didn't plan on saying they caught a train like beforehand. Because I can actually imagine on how he, like him deciding on how he had to kill those guys based on the best pun he yeah. can come up with. He's like, okay, well. So like he thinks of one and he tells her he's going to kill them, but then refuses to say how. Even though he drove her yeah. there, she's like, where are we going? He's like, and so he parks and she still doesn't know what's going on. And then when he gets back to the car, after doing it, she asks him and he says that. And she's like, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah. It ends. Yes, he's like, well, you know, they parked the car and then the train, it came, it came through. And then, then I told you they had caught the train. And she's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then it fades to black. That's what that explosion was. <laughs> All right. I thought you just like blew him up or something. And like, you know, I was, okay, now it makes sense. I get it. Okay. So, uh. So what happened was, was when we were first watching this movie, I was looking what happened to the actors. And when the, uh, the actor that plays Eldon popped up on the screen, I was like, what, what happened to this guy? Like, I wonder what, like, Which why isn't he I in anything? Like, uh, okay. And I so I looked at it and then I saw that he died of an overdose. Oh, shit, he did? Uh, yeah. Okay, so basically he uh, got his big break in, I think, Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop 2. And then in the 90s was in Murphy Brown, and but quit that. And then in 99, his girlfriend died, and he kind of like disappeared for a little bit. But then he started uh, getting back into stuff around 2004. Mm-hmm. It was like his thing, but then he ended up overdosing on drugs. Damn. But then like, I saw some weird shit about it. Like, Yeah, so basically like... I was kind of like, oh, that's sad. And then Aaron's like, yeah, I guess she like shot herself. So then I was like, what the heck? So then I kind of went on a deep dive and found that like basically in 1989, they got into an argument and her way of solving the argument was to point a gun at her head. And basically they end up ruling it as an accidental suicide. Like they don't think she actually meant to kill herself. Um, It was kind of an argument basically was just supposed to be like hey pay attention to me or whatever i guess um yeah so i thought that was really weird so then i started doing more of a deep dive into this guy's life and he's basically kind of like a notorious playboy which was like oh well no wonder she got upset like i guess basically she got upset because she was like you've been cheating on me and like i mean that would that would that's gonna piss anybody off i guess so what so what happened to him so, yeah, basically, he, like, disappears for, like, some time like for mourning. Going into mourning, yeah. And then I was trying to research. I was like, well, what exactly did he do during this, like, off period? And basically, he, like, becomes, like, someone. really good friends with Glenn Close. Like, huh? so, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. Okay. Which was also weird. They were really good friends, and there's multiple pictures you can find on the internet of them holding hands. So they were good friends weird which was weird then it's all like oh well then he died in 2004 of a drug overdose which basically was ruled a fatal dose of morphine and i was like well what all of a sudden made him turn and do that and so basically i guess inside edition leaked that the case of his girlfriend had been reopened after new evidence surfaced and he had become a person of interest 
And they basically said there was evidence that the scene had been staged and the gun had been handled after firing it, basically. So, yeah. So then I was like, okay, that's suspicious. So I tried to find, like, if he had ever been officially charged. Which I guess yeah. he wasn't. Basically, when he died, they closed the case and were like, yeah, he did it. <laughs> Which sucks. Wow. But when I was researching that, I found this really weird thing that kept popping up. <laughs> yes. That was but basically like... You should, you should read it. So, I found it on a couple different sites. But basically, this kept popping up every time I typed in searching for like what exactly happened with him. And it's called The Cover-Up. Back in the day, there was a murder. It involved an actor who was probably B-list at the time, but everyone knew him. Solid character actor. Everyone knew he did it, but kept giving him work. Not as much, but just enough to keep him going. The actor ended up killing himself right before the police were going to arrest him again after new evidence was given to them. What was the new evidence? A witness to the murder who had stayed silent for several years about the murder because the person thought they were going to be charged too. For years after the murder, the witness had huge drinking and drug issues because of it. The stress was killing them, so they finally went to the police. How had this person been a witness? She had been there the night of the killing, having sex with the actor. Who was the witness? A B-list actress who was more famous then, but all of you know. All of you. Murderer. Robert Pastorelli. And it tells who the murderer is, yeah. Victim, his girlfriend. B-list actress, Natasha Leone. Oh, shit. Yeah, which I was like, what the fuck? What? Like, what the fuck? So it just, like, the more I researched it, the more I was just like, what the hell is going on? And like, like they, they knew each other because they were in a movie together. Like, what they're saying adds up. Granted, that's, like, a rumor site, and they have some weird shit on that site because I started going through it, and it's just, like... I found I found it on a couple different sites. Well, it's the same thing, though. Oh, yeah. But, like, like the timelines add up because she had drug problems and then whatever, but they made it... Like, it kind of seems like maybe he was, like... Didn't you say, like, the, the I, girlfriend was out of town? The girlfriend was out of town, and it sounds like she came home, found them, and was basically, like, okay, I'm done. And started an argument. From the sounds of it, she basically pointed the gun at her head. But according to multiple sites, he basically said, well, then do it. And I guess he changed his mind or there was some sort of scuffle over the gun. I'm not saying he did do it. I'm not saying he didn't. People don't know. And it basically didn't get any further look at after he died. So we'll never know. But I just thought, holy shit, this guy... Had a pretty crazy life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 a crazy story. Yeah, and just like right the thing with—I don't even know if it's true—but just like the thing with not Natasha then was when I when I read that I was like, holy shit! Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Which I mean, this that was not in the 99. name I was expecting. <laughs> but yeah, it just seemed like the more I researched this guy, the more I was like, what the heck? So it was—I don't know. Hollywood's a crazy place. Oh, and then uh, so I told I mentioned I mentioned this to. And he told me that one of his, uh, like, frat f- fellas, his brother-in-law is a, uh entertainment lawyer. <laughs> and he's like, man, some of the stories that he will tell the guy of what they cover up are just fucking insane. And he, 
He told me one. He told. He said that the only reason that Ray Rice got in trouble is because someone didn't pay someone enough to cover that up. Holy shit! Yeah. So yeah. No. Basically, whenever anything That's... leaks, it's because someone either didn't know they could get paid, or didn't, or someone didn't pay them enough. Hmm. Yeah, because the Ray Rice thing that happened, and then like three months later, then the video came out. So yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, which is I'm like, fuck, man. Uh, uh okay yeah. so, so you uh, peel that story like an onion which is it weird the weirdest part of the whole story i was like glenn close <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah you're right that is like the <laughs> uh, the what, most what the fuck part well i she, felt like that was the weirdest like, part she was telling me stuff i was like what does that have to do with it and she, she's like i don't know but it's just fucking weird i I'm just like... think it's fucking weird like I, I mostly felt bad, too, because, like, she's definitely part of his Wikipedia, but he is not on her Wikipedia at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, know, like, like it got, like, <laughs> like any... Like a stain got rubbed off her... Like, yeah, like, her when when he started getting reinvestigated. Image or whatever, yeah, yeah. basically. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, but I just thought stuff. that was sad. Uh, bring it all back around, I guess, back to the, uh, I guess, finish it off, um... As far as rating, what were we what were we doing? One to five. Yeah, how many irons would you pump for it? Okay. <laughs> how many irons would you pump for it? Uh, two. I, I'm gonna give it two two irons. You'd pump two irons for it. Out of what? Out of five. Oh, okay. Mm. You would like lift. Yeah, but then give but up not... like halfway through. Yeah, and have to have like a spotter. Yeah, have a spotter so, like two and a half irons. Okay. Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about my iron pumping rating. Yeah. Um, like what the top is. Was, yeah, I was pretty hard set on some things, and even after all the thinking, I'm, I'd pump two irons for this. Okay. Uh, it's not it's not a bad movie. It's just not a particularly good one. Yeah. And you know, uh, a little peek behind the curtain for the listeners, like you know, there's some delays in getting this part recorded a because i was working a lot b you know there's a whole fucking election thing yeah and c i was just not really looking forward to watching it re-watching the movie <laughs> yeah just like it just felt like work you know yeah. um this movie's fine like i it was much closer to one iron pumped than it was the two or than or it was three. the three for me yeah probably two yeah, like the stunts are good you know the you know the gun's cool um you know it's just it's not a bad movie but it's, it's not, not particularly a good movie yeah that makes sense so right. um i mean we'll see fuck who knows if we'll ever even get a one iron pumped sure we can you find know? one there's gotta be one well my thinking would be uh hercules in new york but that might just like funny um, okay so yeah there. All right, so there's a game called Civilization, you know, that's... Yeah, but I think on it's phone. on Civ- Sid Meier's, I think. Yeah, Sid Meier's Civilization. So there's a whole thing. Uh, it originally started as a glitch in the first one, and then Civ Five came around and became, like, a staple. Um, and it's, like, a whole meme with the game. Basically, uh, there was some weird code that was going on. Um, Gandhi supposed to be, like, the most peaceful leader. Um, and then at one point, you know, everybody... His aggressiveness is at one, like a scale of one to five. And then at some point, everybody gets nukes and everybody's uh, aggression is supposed to go down. But since his was already at one, you know, it go into the negative numbers. So it went back up. 
like <laughs> all the way to the top. So He's once nukes, five. once like Gandhi got nukes, yeah, he became like super nuke heavy, you know, yeah. and just became like a uh, you know just started dropping nukes on everybody. Um, and it's funny because you know it's Gandhi. Yeah. Uh, some stupid little glitch that only happened in specific circumstances in the original game and is now like part of the the lore of the game. Nice. That's kind of how I am expecting Hercules of New York to be because it is uh, super dumb and ridiculous and such a terrible movie. Uh, I have it on DVD actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think that movie might just be so bad that I can't help but, you know, flip it back around from a one to five. Just because, like, this is so fucking terrible, it's good. Like, the only five. Yeah. Yeah, move over, Terminator, Terminator 2. Um, but if anything, that would be that would be a one. Or maybe okay. some random, like, later movie. But, yeah. uh, you know, you got to be subjective about this thing because... Uh, it is a one to five out of Arnold movies. So. Yeah, true. Some some of them have to be ones. And if any of you listening want to reach us, you probably already know us because that's probably the only people that's actually listening to this. So just, you know, like send us a text or something. But if somebody that's listening to this that doesn't know us, you can email us at cu@thepotty.net. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's that's that. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone oh, yeah. for Thanks. listening to uh see you at the potty richta yeah we'll we'll um, uh we'll see you at the potty richta there we go that's okay. a lot better <laughs>